Welcome back, everyone, to our part two episode of our Top 10 of 2019 podcast. If you haven't already listened to part one, please listen to that now and come back to this episode later. I hope you'll be very confused. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Jim Saunders, and joining me are Cynthia, Stephanie, Joelle, Maddie, and Ryan. And let's go. Let's just jump back into it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to roll. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So we start with Jim. Num- Jim's, Jim's number, number five. five. My number five, which is Uncut Gems. Yes! yes. Written and directed by Josh and Benny Safdie. Love this them. movie amazing. Yes. is amazing. No, it's, it really, yeah. really is. Yeah. It's one of the most panic-inducing films I've ever sure. seen. Yes. Yes. It's, yeah. I mean, second for me, but a lot. Mm-hmm. Very... Yeah. Anxiety ridden, yeah. this film is. It is just a series of stressful, precarious situations that just keep going on and on and on through a series of bad decisions After, and through the yeah. series of. Just, just wanting to you, achieve this high of yes. gambling that mm-hmm. um, Adam Sandler's character, um, Howard Ratner, yeah. really is just trying to achieve, but like we all know that every decision he's making is just. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, it feels inevitable. You're, you're just yeah. watching it all fall apart. Yeah. You can't do yeah. anything about it. Yeah. No, you're so well enveloped to his world, but you're also just like you're still detached from it to to a point where you're like, oh god, man, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But like yeah. uh it's and it this is Adam Sandler's best performance. Yeah. I really like him in yeah. Punch Drunk Love. He's, so like, yeah. he's awesome. I mean, he's awesome in that too, Punch but like I think like this is one of my favorite this, films ever, so I can't yeah. say this is <laughs> But that's that's it's a close all, they're, second. They're that's, very that's, close. I just yeah, rewatched yeah. that the other day. It's really yeah. great. But this is like this role is so is written for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't it's, think anybody else could have played it as well as he did. True. It's no. like insane to say for Adam Sandler and like his, you know. I think it says something about yeah. this film that you can actively engage yourself with this man who is just doing everything completely wrong. Yeah. And yeah. It makes you want to pull your hair out, but at the same time, it's so engaging and eyeing that you just can't look away. You just want to see what other... You kind of hope he kind of learns, but you, like, totally understand, like, why he's making such a bad decision because he just wants to achieve that high, that addictive high of gambling. That's how he wins. Yeah. (laughs) That's how he wins. It's that perpetual drive to Mm -hmm. just, like, for more. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it's, it's just like a really good commentary on excess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, can I point out have have we all seen it? Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. It's my number. It's my number seven. It's uh, your my number three. And four. it's Ryan's number four. Yeah. Very close to cracking my top ten. Yeah. Okay. And then Stephanie has not seen it. Yeah. But without spoilers, I I brought this up briefly in my top ten written list, but mm-hmm. um, uh, the start of the movie where oh, it's yes. going. From yeah. all these yeah. these caves and mm-hmm. all the gems, and then it's into a colon. Adam Sandler's colon is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like what? So Who yeah, opal to colon. Yeah. yeah, and I think you know, not only does it bring up like oh, it's like it's it's inside him, it drives mm-hmm. him, but it's also just like it sets up a perfect perfect piece of dramatic irony because it's like it's that everyone uh, is getting hurt for this opal. That's what I yeah. saw it as. Like mm-hmm. those. Um, the natives who are, yeah, like, yeah. getting killed for this opal, yeah. or, like, getting harsh conditions, and then all of Adam's, or Howard Ratner's decisions yeah. are just mm-hmm. affecting yeah. so many people around him in ways that he 
understands but doesn't understand but doesn't care but does care. It's this very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very noir, which I think like hasn't been like highlighted a lot about this mm-hmm. movie. Like there's a lot of themes within it that feel very connected to that genre. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it sets up that that you know risk of um, of colon cancer with like the whole colonoscopy mm-hmm. thing. But then it's also just like that's like subverted halfway through the movie, and it's like, oh, you're fine. But then at the, I'm not gonna say anything because Stephanie yeah. hasn't seen yeah, it. But I'm it's not. just like that, that risk, and it's like, this, oh, he's fine. But I've then, said this many times, no. um, but I'm a huge Laker fan, and this uh-huh. film is yeah. centered on <laughs> a Celtics basketball game yeah. and a Celtics player. And for them to have me actively cheer for the Celtics for like five <laughs> to ten minutes has um, to say something yeah. special about the, this film. The Safdie brothers are huge Knicks, Knicks fans. fans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I read that when they uh, they wanted Amari Stoudemire. They wanted a bunch of people. Yeah, they, they, wanted they had Kobe, a bunch of people in there. Yeah, yeah, in the talks for this. But they, it, I heard that when they met Kevin Garnett, they were like. We hate you. <laughs> that was like the first thing that they said to him. They were like, "We hate you," but they, you know, they yeah. obviously. And also, Kevin Garnett in this film is so, so good. good. Oh my God. <laughs> Just some like, guy who's like a, obsessed with an opal. Yeah. Oh. I was gonna say I know nothing about basketball, so um, not ashamed to admit I did not know that that was an actual basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> but he was so good that mm-hmm. I was like, this guy has to be an actor. No, yeah, no. Hall of Fame. Guy? He's not Hall of Fame yet, right? But I he will probably be. will yeah, be yeah. Yeah. Hall of Fame basketball player. Um, Julia Fox as well. That's Julia her first Fox role in a great. film ever, and yeah. she's fucking amazing. She is. So Adina good. Menzel plays Jewish mom very uh, yes. well. So she has some of the funniest lines in this movie. I wanted more. This movie is so Jewish. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, The Weeknd also plays Oh, The Weeknd is in this? Oh, yeah. That oh, was so... Stanfield is good. Everyone is just... Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, scene, that scene in the bar where he's just like this 50-year-old dude in this in this club. Oh, all yeah. yeah. And Julia Fox is like radiating, but and, then like, yeah. And he just gets into a huge, huge argument because yeah. that's just what he does. Yeah. That's, that's how he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't care. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And also like, the meme culture with this film is oh. awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just like the audacity for the Safties to make a movie that's set in 2012 just feels like so odd. <laughs> yeah, like, all like the decisions around it just feels strange. It's like you're know, fuck it. Let's just put the weekend. Yeah. Like everything works like fantastic. It does. Mm-hmm. I was like, have you heard of this guy named the weekend? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like wait. And then the weekend's just doing code. Yeah. 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 Amazing film. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So 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 good. It's very Shakespearean. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mentioned really the dramatic yeah. irony. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for All sure. Right. So All that's right. Jim's number five. Yes. yes. So Stephanie's number five. We talked about already. Nice. Nice out. My number five. We've talked about nineteen seventeen. Maddie's number five is Little Women, but that's um, my number one. So we'll one. save that yeah. for Stephanie yeah. to talk about. So Ryan's number five. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, my number four. Yeah, this is on yeah, almost everyone's eight, list and then except for number ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, this is an honorable mention for me. I really enjoyed this film as yeah, well. Yeah, I. I didn't enjoy it as much the first time, but mm-hmm. revisiting it, it. We did. It works. Right? Like yeah, it, this is this is exactly how I felt about it. We did a podcast about it, and I was. I feel like I about a lot of it. you to like it a little more. No, but just the, the more I thought about it and the more I'm like, I, I can't deny myself the fact, like, how much I enjoyed this movie and how much so it, it seems like it means to Quentin Tarantino and that mm-hmm. being, like, the, the cap of his career. Like, I really 
kind of want this to be his last movie. I think it would I, do yeah. him so I, well uh, as his last movie. This is really, yeah. But yeah. he's all about that. I'm going to make ten movies. And yeah. I'm going to yeah. disappear. And Kill Bill is yeah. not two films. Yeah. It's one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I just... So, it's on everyone else's list. Yeah. So good. I yeah. think it's his, Stephanie's. My number eight. Jim's. My number five. Or no, 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 yeah. I just I felt like the first time I saw the trailer for this, I was like, this film is baiting me. It has so <laughs> many things that I love, you know. The sixties, comedy, drama, great actors, that whole cast. So that awesome mind blowing. Neil Diamond song. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I there's no. I just went into it and I was like, I feel like there's no way I can't like it because mm-hmm. there's so many aspects of it that I just love. It's very different from a lot of his works. I think yeah. Yeah. very. If have any of you guys seen Jackie Brown? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. in the similar vein of Jackie yeah, Brown, where he slows bit. it down. Yeah. Way more. Very it much. Is very yeah. less aggressive until the very end. Have we've all seen it? So yeah. Yeah. You yeah. have. Huh? Not Jackie Brown. Brown. Once, once upon a time. No, 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 once upon a time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, was so the end. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about Jackie the Brown. The ending is more in lines with what we are oh, expect yeah. of Quentin yeah. Tarantino, but yeah. the first three quarters of mm-hmm. the film is just this longing view of Hollywood, this yeah. grasp, wanting, yearning for kind of the old days. Yeah. Like the yeah. same time. It's slice of life. It's, like, yeah. And it's it's really like a beautiful like just appreciation of Hollywood, but then there's also there's a very meta thing about the power of cinema and how much power does cinema have? Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, the production design in this film was really good. Mm-hmm. The so set good, design. Yeah. One of my favorite shots is like the sequence where the city is like waking up for the nighttime, oh, and all yeah. those lights like, come out. It's like click 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 click. click, 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 click. Yeah. I thought that like. Beautiful. There's, it's just L.A. lighting. There's up. also a scene where um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is talking to himself, and then, like, he looks in a mirror, but we can see the mirror straight on. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was, like, like oh, mirrors. I always love mirror. like, oh, whenever, mirrors. Whenever directors incorporate, like, mirrors into their shots with, like, the reflection and stuff, it's like, oh. I don't know, every time. But that was always really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think... Margot, I mean, as much as Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are doing like some awesome work, and Brad Pitt is probably gonna win the Oscar for this, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I thought Margot Robbie has like one of the most quietest perform, but like one of the most subtle quiet performances yeah. mm-hmm. in this film. I think her watching scene her in, in the movie theater is that's the, the most best powerful scene, scene for me. in the movie. Yeah. yeah. It it honestly made me like smile because when everybody starts laughing and she's and like, she's like oh, turning around like yeah. oh my god yeah. I did that yeah. that's the power of cinema but then at the end there's also kind of like the limiting powers of cinema you know we gave Sharon Tate like Quentin Tarantino kind of rewrites Sharon Tate's history in this film where she be she does not die brutally yes. by yeah. the Mansons um, she gets another chance but then. It's a really beautiful moment that she gets another chance, but she only gets another chance in the film. It's the mm-hmm. pa- like that's the limiting power of cinema. You can't yeah. re- resurrect someone, and it's this bittersweet it was moment, really, and it's yeah. it was like crushing. And that's how that's how it ends. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah. Um, were you guys all familiar with like Manson Family Helter Skelter? I oh, totally yeah. googled it all <laughs> after I watched it. I yeah. went through like all of the. Yeah. They suck. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they yeah. were just bad, yeah. bad people. Yeah. <laughs> 
awful, which makes that final scene so much more satisfying. Yeah, because yeah. like, yeah, like, I how... really thought they, they were going to get killed. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, okay, I rem- I know she gets murdered, so yeah. she's going to get murdered in this film, yeah. and then she didn't. And it's really touching that he doesn't kill her, but it's also really sad that like this yeah. only can happen in a film. Right, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. in a way, it's probably one of Quentin Tarantino's more pessimistic films about, because all his films are about filmmaking in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, well, he's a huge film nerd. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, like, leading up, like how you were talking about It's Bittersweet, I remember leaving and I was like, it's touching, but that's not actually what happened yeah, in real life. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I remember leading up to it, sitting there like, oh, God. Because I didn't think about the fact that he's really into revisionist history for some reason. So oh, I was like, yeah. oh, how are they going to portray this? It's going to be really sad and I'm going to hate it. But yeah. the ending still turned out to be really sad. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was, it's yeah. just a very quiet film for Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. which is something yeah, which, you just don't consider him for. Mm-hmm. But Which mm-hmm. made the culmination of that very, very Tarantino scene to end it all. Like, uh-huh. you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just a love, also loving look into LA and Hollywood yeah. that I slight I appreciated. Yeah. No, I think that one scene is so powerful though because it's like it just reminds you of like everything is so fleeting especially mm-hmm. in Hollywood and mm-hmm. cinema like all these things that you're loved for and then yeah. it can just all go away in an instant. Yeah. I mean there's so many other good scenes as well. There's yeah. the Julia Butters, Leonardo so DiCaprio good. scene yeah. where he's like they kind of talk about mm-hmm. acting and then yeah. she at the end she's like that was the acting I've ever seen and I was like because oh. yeah. he was like beating himself up for it Brad Pitt in the Manson Ranch was just so terrible that was such a terrifying intense moment yeah. Yeah. this oh, film just so stressful yeah. yeah I think if you don't like slowness you might because there's a lot of driving around yeah. but mm-hmm. it's just like trying to capture the moment yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it feels warm it feels like like uh, Romance Size Hollywood would feel like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it really is one of like the most uh I guess authentic and warm envisionings of of like past, past Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's also is, a lot of fucked up things that happen. In yeah. Past yeah. Hollywood, oh, oh, yeah. No, for sure. But it feels by far like like the most authentic, like yeah. n- nostalgia trip for mm-hmm. for Golden Day Hollywood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was Ryan's number five. Once upon yeah. a time in Hollywood. Uh, do we want to move on to Joel's number five? Yes. Marriage Story. Is it anyone's number one? It's my number three. Okay. No. We can talk, yeah, about, let's it. talk about, about it. it. All right. Yeah. So it's Stephanie's number three. It's my number seven. And it's Jim's number seven. Anyone else? Very, very close to cracking. Yeah. I think it was Me like too. my 11. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 15 it's, or 16. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's somewhere a, out it's there. It's in the top 20, top 20. It's 20s. close. Yeah. It's good. Again, like my top 10. All of our top tens probably could change at any moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Marriage story. So, yeah, this that. movie was heart-wrenching. Uh-huh. Uh, have we all seen it? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, just, well, just start off that fucking ending. I was just, like, crying. I was like, oh, my gosh. I cried. This, that was painful. <laughs> uh, yeah, talking about bittersweet endings to films, like, if there's ever was one, that was it. But, yeah, the performances, I thought, all around were great. Laura Dern should get supporting actress. I didn't know J-Lo should be in that category. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and like, yeah, that one scene was meme to all hell, but I think with context, I think the argument scene is like fucking fantastic. I think the argument scene is one of the best scenes in that yeah. film. Yeah. Honestly, one like as the, much as it's been yeah. memed to oblivion, yeah. it's mm-hmm. the most affecting because it's just the point where not, like nothing's on the table. Yeah. We're just yeah. letting each other like 
have at it. Yeah. And, and they just say like horrible things, things to Jesus. each other. Yeah. yeah. I cheated on you. Well, yeah. You like, shouldn't have been mad that I fucked her. You should have been mad that I had a laugh with her. Like, I oh, thought that was like the best so. line. That was so like like that encapsulates the movie so well. It just like, did you love the, her? She didn't hate me. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. just the vitriol and the evil that yeah. comes out mm-hmm. once you like it comes from a place of love, but you just can't anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've just been like the whole film just like subtle back and forth where mm-hmm. it's just like, oh you're doing that, you're doing this and seeing it all like happen, like that makes it seem better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of just get that slow build up mm-hmm. of like legal trouble yeah. that yeah. just like kind of comes falling down like yeah. it turns people into like yeah. the worst yeah. mm-hmm. like I think just like great performances and a great screenplay honestly yeah. like Beautiful it just screenplay. like I think I there are people online who are like like taking sides I think but it's I like that's not the point you can't I, do that yeah, I, there's no villain in this yeah. film they don't yeah they are, don't I mean at certain points they probably do like start like thinking one is the villain for starting it and one blah, yeah. blah, blah. But, like, there's no yeah. one side you like, should that's be not thinking. The it's point. just two people who used to love each other yeah. just falling out of that love for each other. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, that was the main point that I drove home in my review of it. And especially, mm-hmm. it hit so close to home because I just went through a divorce with my parents recently, mm-hmm. and it was, like, you so want to take a side, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's impossible. You just can't do mm-hmm. it. Because everybody has their faults, everybody has their good moments, and it's not black and white. Life isn't black and white, mm-hmm. and it captures that so, so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Has, it, I wish it was on my top ten as well, but yeah. I just couldn't get it up there. But yeah. yeah, ScarJo and Adam Driver deliver hell so, of performances. What is so that quote that's like, I think... Criminal lawyers bring out the best in everyone. Divorce lawyers bring, bring out, out the, the worst, worst in everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, the score, the Randy Newman score is, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like this really buoyant score that just, it doesn't make it into like a complete like, because when I was going into it, I thought it would just be like a devastating, like, I would be sad the whole fucking time. Yeah. Uh, I was not sad the whole fucking time. Yeah. There were moments of like lightness. And Merritt Weaver. Oh, Merritt Weaver. She was yeah. like, do I give it to you now? Do I give it... Uh, uh, uh. I mean, I watched her in Unbelievable, and she was, like, super serious and unbelievable. So yeah. transferring to this was, like, hard because she I was like, why are you so funny? Have you this seen, is not right. Have you seen her new girl? I have not. She's so funny in that. <laughs> Anyways. But, yeah, Noah Baumbach directs the hell out of this. Yeah. And, um... Honestly, writing too oh, everything was yeah. scripted yeah everything was scripted even, yeah. even that whole about, entire fight yeah. scene is like he talked about he was like oh no I mean if you write a good script like I mean improv is nice but yeah yeah but yeah. if you have a good a script yeah. yeah then you don't need it mm-hmm. like the I think the effects of divorce on their child was an important part of it and then also the scene where Adam Driver's like laying on the floor clutching uh, his yeah. arm oh yeah I was like oh man I'm yeah. so sorry mm-hmm. like Gosh, I cried so much. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, walked out of the theater, and I was just like, oh. I mean, I like, to just, like, be in a fight with someone that you mm. either do or once cared about uh-huh. very, very, very much is just, like, so heartbreaking. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, like, to love someone is just so, like, transcendental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's our takes on yeah. the marriage story. 
I think we all agree is great film. Yeah. I yeah. think they said it's coming on Criterion Collection. Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. Really? Yeah. A lot um, of Netflix like stuff is coming, yeah. which yeah. is great. I yeah. think, um, they you know, yeah. everyone might hate Netflix and how much money they have, but I think <laughs> putting it on Netflix makes it accessible to everyone. They don't really yeah. have gives, that much money. They're promoting <laughs> original movies. Yeah, they're Fuck making yeah. original yeah. movies and more people I'm came to see it. this where this film probably would have got like a small limited release and then no one saw yeah. it same with yeah. The Irishman yeah, yeah. same with Atlantics right. same with so many others so mm-hmm. no I yeah. I just feel so devastated thinking about it right now like I just yeah. it's just <laughs> it really yeah harsh to back to yeah. I, I, I'm thinking about that argument scene and how it ends and he's just on the ground breaking down yeah like he is he's such a big man and then <laughs> at that moment he just became so small yeah. And, yeah. and it's very devastating yeah. the film just starts off by slapping you in the face showing like how happy they were mm-hmm. and then they're in counseling and they're about to get divorced like yeah. it yeah. just like opened like I yeah. saw that yeah. scene's in the trailer and I was like oh okay I see where this is going yeah. and then the movie just opens with I the know. same it's thing it's not yeah. about um it's about, it's not about, like, them starting to hate each other. It's already, like, they kind of do. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Just thrown into yeah. No, I've heard it described in an interview as a love story with Adam Driver, as a love story yeah, as a marriage is falling apart, yeah, like, while yeah. it's falling apart. I think it's. I think that's so true because that love is never gone. It's, mm-hmm. it's always that they carry that emotional true. baggage with them, and at the end it's just... It's there and it's it's palpable, but it's mm-hmm. in a, it's a it's its own completely different imperfect beast of an entity, and I I just think it's so powerful mm-hmm. and so affecting and so real. Yeah. Um, as much as I don't really like the memes coming out of this movie, where it's like, or kind of some of the Twitter discourse or some of the discourse on this film, where it's like if you isolate some of the stuff, it's bad. One of the things I really liked that came out of it was like. There's this that montage of like Scarlet in the beginning of Scarlett oh, Johansson yeah. and they're talking about her and then everyone has like memed it to like Oh, it's this like the, is the medicine you the can Cymbalta commercial. Yeah, Cymbalta yeah, commercials yeah, yeah, yeah. and it works so well. It really does. That's one of my favorite yeah. memes to come out yeah. of this film year. Yeah, so I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have it bookmarked and I'm like this yeah, is so same. Funny. it's so funny. <laughs> all right, marriage right. story. Um I guess yeah. it's oh yeah, yeah. Let's continue. Um, there's only two films that aren't number ones left, I think. Yeah, so there's... So we should talk about Her Smell and... Honey Boy. Rocket Man. Rocket Honey Boy is my number one. Yeah, oh, wait. Oops. And the rest are number ones, so... Okay. All right, Cynthia, so... do you want to talk about the movie that you saw and no one else did? <laughs> <laughs> um, so my number four is Her Smell. It came out early this year, um... When I first heard it about it, basically it was just like this will make you feel like horrible for like a good two hours. So I like put it off for a really long time because I did not want to feel horrible watching a film. Um, it would be a very interesting pairing with Uncut Gems, and I feel like if you liked Uncut Gems, you should definitely take Her Smell into consideration as a film you should watch. Um, because for me, her smell is made me want to pull off all my skin at, like, the first three acts. So it's, like, structured in a five-act theater, like, theatrical, like, play, I guess. Um, each act is, like, this real-time event. The first three acts are just watching Becky something played by Elizabeth Moss, who I really need to just quit Scientology so I can like her a little more. Um, She's in Scientology. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yikes. Didn't know that. Yeah. 
Um, but um, the first three acts is just watching this woman completely fall apart because of just how horrible the music industry has been to her. She's part of this um, punk rock band called Something She, and she's the lead singer, and she's kind of just spiraled into oblivion. She's trying to achieve the high that she wanted that she had when she first joined the band. Um, the film is intercut with these, before each act is intercut with like the beginnings of her um, musical career. And you can definitely see the joy that she had in mu um, music and the warmth that she had. But then you just get into these first three acts that are just terrifying to watch. They're like so icky to watch and it's just watching this woman just be horrible to everyone around her and kind of just having no consequence because she's like successful and there's something very similar to Howard Ratner intriguing about her and I think that's what really makes this film you want to keep watching because you know there's something inside her that is special and unique yet she's just completely falling apart in front of you and then the next two acts are like this almost redemptive kind of narrative and it's just this beautiful culmination of just watching a woman try to get back on her feet and trying to get out of the hole that she dug for herself. I think it also has an awesome line where it says, you can't be fully acquainted with Becky something until you want her to fuck off. Remember that. Like, the first three acts are literally you yelling, wanting Becky something to fuck off and get her life together. And the last two acts are just watching her try to find peace. And it's cruel yet beautiful. It's a really underrated film in my opinion. It's There's a lot of good things Alex Ross Perry is doing with like mix of handheld footage, steady cams, just getting these really extremely close up visuals to like experience the claustrophobia and then this very sterile like nature in the fourth and fifth act to kind of talk about her recovery. It's beautiful mm -hmm. in my opinion, despite the cruelty in the first three acts. Mm. Yeah. I totally don't fault any of you guys for not watching it. It's a yeah. definitely hard watch in the first three acts. I mean, I just hadn't heard of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Until, Until now? Until, like, today. Really? really? Yeah. I, it's on HBO and Hulu now. So okay. I think, is it on Canopy also? I think. It's oh, yeah. It just got on Canopy. Um, but, yeah. I'm this so film is... I need to watch. Just awesome. I thought it was amazing and... Yeah, you. It's Elizabeth Moss is like performing on another level on this. I think without her performance, this just doesn't work. You definitely mm -hmm. need to understand. Like for me, there's something just so fascinating about her that makes just the whole film work. I feel like if that's not there, it wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. And great ca cast too. I'm forgetting literally everyone who. <laughs> Dan Stevens, it's Cara like isn't it? Um, her two friends are, like, um, just awesome in it. Agnes Dean and, um, is it Gail Rick? I don't know. But her two friends that are just kind of up, just standing there watching. You feel helpless as an audience, and I think that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But everyone around her also feels just kind of useless as well, and you kind of just have to resign to the fact that this woman needs to do it herself. She needs to get out by herself. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone check out her smell. Yeah, everyone check out her smell. I know I will be. Starting yeah. with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Uh, so next up is uh, Rocket Man. Rocket yeah. Rocket Man. Yeah. Number this is two. my number two. Yeah. Uh, I will defend this movie until the day I die. <laughs> I can't even explain how much I love it. I saw it five times in theaters, which I know Whoa. sounds crazy, yeah. but it's just because I was telling everybody to go see it. And then they'd be like, okay, I want to go see it. And I'm like, okay, well, just let me come with you. I A theme I've noticed in my list is a lot of these movies that are there because they make me feel some type of way. This movie made me feel so seen, mm-hmm. especially this last scene, uh, one of the last scenes when, spoiler alert, I guess, um, he is in rehab and he is kind of facing all the visions of the people in his life. And then... Um, I think it's either his father or his old manager that says that he's strange and he just he says the line I think I'm finally okay with strange and to me that just hits in such a personal way Mm -hmm. oh it makes me emotional even talking about it now but I mean to me I saw a lot of people criticizing it for falling victim to the classic musical tropes but I'm a huge fan of musicals, so I don't see anything wrong with that. I say the more musical tropes, the better. Um, and in terms of like the filmmaking itself, I think that something that it does well um, is it is biopic-y. There are definitely certain biopic tropes that it falls victim to, but... Something that I feel that it does that a lot of other biopics doesn't do is it kind of shows the work that he had to put in to get to where he is, and it acknowledges that he had a certain level of inherent talent, but he also had to put a lot of work in, and he struggled, which made me feel empowered. I feel like after leaving the theaters um, for other biopics, I'm like, I could never achieve something this great, and I just get so down on myself because I'm like... These are the people I look up to, and I'm never going to be anything close to what they are. Mm -hmm. But this movie made me feel, like, so inspired and like I could do anything. And also, it shows that he wasn't a perfect person. In fact, he was pretty terrible to a lot of people in his life for a good minute there. So I liked that it didn't put him up on this pedestal of being this perfect person. And he had all these faults, and he acknowledges them and then he takes those and he uses it to make him stronger and i mean elton john's music is just fantastic so who else has seen it here? i've seen it as well okay i'm a little less enthusiastic I, like yeah, no, I know i like it more than cynthia does <laughs> no and that's totally i, I yeah no i sorry to, i it's all good um go for it I'm a yeah no i think i think amongst a biopic like it does, it does a lot more than it has to, and it actually, you know, humanizes mm-hmm. Elton John or rather Reginald Dwight. Um, it's not. It, I like that you brought up about it being like it actually showing he had to put in so much effort and work to get to where he was, um, rather than uh, maybe I'm just a little bit biased because this came out less than a year after Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody is. The way they present information in that movie is 
horrid. Is yeah. They just it's they like, just play the riff like uh-huh. oh this is a cool riff and it's the another one bites the yeah. dust riff mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they're on stage and everyone loves it. Exactly. There's no it feels so much like a Wikipedia article in uh-huh. that movie the way they present information the way they tell Honestly, the story. Honestly, Bohemian Rhapsody if you replaced it with like any other singer it probably would have mm-hmm. been very yeah. similar. It literally you could have taken Freddie Mercury out and maybe changed some things but it could apply to anything. Yeah, and 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 this is kind of I think Rocketman, in a lot of ways, is totally the antith- antithesis, yeah, antithesis, yeah, of I mean, directed of Bohemian by Rhapsody. the somewhat similar people. Dexter Fletcher took over Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Oh, yeah, but it uh-huh. when um, Matt. Brian, Brian Singer, Singer, Brian Singer who's yeah. a horrible person. Yeah, we don't <laughs> we don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me. It's interesting that you bring up that the it plays a lot into musical tropes because I almost wish it did it that more. Really? Where it went, like, it, I wrote in my letterbox view, I wish Baz Luhrmann did this because mm. Baz Luhrmann would have leaned very heavily into these musical tropes where I think that's where Rocket Man for me shines. As you mentioned, it's not like, oh, we thought of a song. Oh, I'm having a thought. Oh, and now it's your song or something like yeah. that. It's, um... <laughs> There are definitely sequences where they are playing into musical tropes, and it's just like they burst in the song because it's a musical, and that's what I love. I, I kind of like that spontaneity in musicals, where I feel like th- there is too much of a biopic in this movie, where I felt like this film could have gone weirder, and I think it would have fit really well with the Elton John person. Also true. He's a so weird guy. I, yeah, I almost wish it leaned more into its, the camp, mm-hmm. because there are some times where it's just like, well, he did this. Also, there are some interesting casting decisions. I'm not sure why Brad Dallas, Dallas Howard is a monster. Yeah, 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 that was a little odd. A little odd. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, I just wish it went more campy, but yeah. I mean, I can so totally figured. understand why people would enjoy yeah. this as well. Yeah. I think also I say it's the antithesis of Bohemian Rhapsody because, um, I mean, obviously both movies are about like Elton John and Freddie Mercury, but Freddie Mercury, it's like we don't really know anything about his character in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like things are happening to him and then like yeah. things happen. Yeah, and, and it's not like we really get to know about who he was as a character because it's like the most generic mm-hmm. cookie-cutter like portrayal ever. I think I think honestly um no. Taron Edgerton? Yes. Taron <laughs> Why like I think Taron Edgerton blows Rami Malek out of the water. Oh, yeah, yeah, he okay. Yes. I have beef with that, the fact that they nominated Rami Malek, who did not fucking sing in his movie. Yeah. And I mean, and Taron I don't know. Edgerton did. Mm-hmm. Taron Edgerton did. He didn't get nominated, which like I'm not that bummed about. But it's weird to see that he didn't yeah. get nominated. It's the weird. fact of Rami Malek did. Yeah, and it's also weird to see that he won the Golden Globe, and it's all, and he won. He was nominated for a SAG award, which is like typically the most. Like, um, I mean, this year's back, but best actor is stacked, so... Yeah, no, that's true, but, like, I don't know. Just, no, but, like, also... Justice can, for Bradley Cooper is all I have to say about <laughs> a Rami Malek's win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but something that I thought was really interesting, because it does get compared to Bohemian Rhapsody a lot, because they both came out, you know, less than a year after each other, um, is that Bohemian Rhapsody, I was talking about how... 
they show that Elton John was not a perfect person. In fact, he did some, he would treat people pretty terribly. Mm-hmm. I feel like because Elton John is still alive, they could do that. Whereas with Freddie Mercury, they kind of wanted to paint him in the best light possible because mm-hmm. he has passed mm-hmm. away. So it's almost kind of like blasphemous to say anything bad about him. So I will say that for Bohemian Rhapsody, I can kind of see why they didn't lean so much into like the humanization part of it, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I think also, I mean, obviously both movies are about both people, but it, I loved how Rocket Man was about just, like, the self-actualization and just, like, forgiveness element of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like such a universally relatable thing, and I think it's also kind of why you maybe are gravitating towards Honey Boy, too, because I, yep. I see a lot of those kids <laughs> in Honey Boy. It's what I love about Honey Boy. Yeah. Um, which we'll talk about. Which, sure. yeah. yeah. All right, so next up, do Ryan, do you want to do your number two? We, yeah, yeah, because it's and it's Joel's number one. Yeah. Should so we talk about yeah. his into, number one into number first? One. Well, we can talk about Parasite two too. Yeah, one. we can we can oh, talk about two well, and well, one. Yes, yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. So, okay, so Parasite. 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 Oh. Joel, do you want to do it? It's Joel's number one. It's on all our lists. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. one of the few films that's on all our lists. Should we go around well, and like, say like where it is on all of our lists? Uh, yeah, sure. It's number two for me. It's well. also number two for me. And for me. It's number three for me. Number two. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so Joel, take the lead away because it's your number one. <laughs> what else can be said about this movie? There's so many layers and... Just so metaphorical. <laughs> so metaphorical, but also just like at face value, even it's like an yeah. extremely fun time. Like, there's so many different atmospheres and elements and like feelings to this movie. Like, I went into it completely blank. So, just which like, is the best way to do it. Yeah. Yes. Just like yeah. that tone change in the center of the film just was something else for me. Just seeing it like the devolve happen so quickly mm-hmm. and like. That was just strange thing that happened, and then like all like, even like not knowing too much about Korean politics, just like it mm-hmm. says something in general yeah. about capitalism mm-hmm. and yeah. class, mm-hmm. and just like yeah, Meta- metaphors all over the place. One of my favorite things and... someone asked um, Bong Joon Ho, the director, of like, oh, why do you think this has resonated so much about uh, with American audiences? And he was like, well, it's about capitalism, and they're the epitome of that. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just like what else can be said? I mean, it's it on is, all our lists. So yeah. like, it is the perfect cross section yeah. between blockbuster sensibilities mm-hmm. and, and, our, and our house. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Our, yeah. our house. Yeah. Yes, definitely. It's like, I totally agree. It's with got that. that black comedy sort of aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it has the strangeness that is in almost every Bon Ho film, but it's so accessible and mm-hmm. the way it transitions the, the from one way, genre yeah, to yeah, another yeah. genre to and another genre. With the so accessibility, seamlessly. it opens yeah. up with them. Looking for free for Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Like, yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I. It's incredible to see just the reactions to yeah. this film. It's I a mean, Korean. It's a fucking I Korean know. film. Yeah. Like in it's, the whole stuff with like the water mm-hmm. and then the. I guess like the. If this movie does maid, not win production yeah. design, I'm going to like fight someone. I'm, yeah, I'm in between <laughs> Parasite and Once Upon a Time. I just think for production the production design, design I was reading is so yeah. explicit with the theme of this movie. Yeah. It's all not an aesthetic. It's yes. more than aesthetic yeah. choice. I mean, all of it is them going down. The city is built in a way that I'm not. I've never been to Korea. I yeah. know sub basements do exist in Korea, but like the way they like 
the Kim family yeah. has to go down to their house because they're mm-hmm. in a lower class. The maid and his, and spoiler alert, her husband have to live in a basement to not get caught. And then the parks live in the upper floor of this wide space. They have so much excess. Like, just how explicit their production mm-hmm. design is with the yeah. themes of yeah. the huge gaps between upper yeah. and lower class. It's just... Yeah. I was reading about so, how they were picking the house and mm-hmm. it was like Bong Joon Ho wanted it to have like a lot of, of lot of light mm-hmm. to go in and like I think the minimalistic like modernistic mm-hmm. design of the house is cool because it's like there's so much space but it's yeah. not filled. Yeah. yeah, there's just like a table and a couch, mm-hmm. but there's so much mm-hmm. excess. Yes, and yeah. it's you're so right. Yeah, that's one of the things that. that just astounded me like the production to the production design of like it's more than aesthetic it adds more to the very explicit theme one thing i really enjoyed about parasite it's very explicit yeah in it a lot of this stuff is, is about is... capitalism and the cruelty and consequences of capitalism and i think anyone can access that where some films it takes a lot of thinking to get somewhere mm-hmm. there but also it does provide enough fruit for thought for people who want to go more yeah. He he says throughout the movie that it's so metaphorical mm-hmm. and it's almost a joke because yeah. there is no subtext. Everything mm-hmm. is text. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also some subtext if you want to keep digging. For yeah, if you, if you do want to yeah. look for it, it's there. Yeah. But for the yeah. most of the film, it's just it's definitely that's what, what it is. It's so you know? self-aware. Yeah. 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 <laughs> In a way that movies that try to capture these same themes just, just don't have because they, they mm-hmm. take themselves so seriously and this is it's just so out there. And it's explicit yeah. theme, I think, is we talked about us earlier where they kind of tackle the same issues of, like, gap between wealthy and lower class. Mm-hmm. But for me, Parasite is just so yeah explicit. It's not pan- pandering or wandering in yeah. a way that I felt us kind of got through sometimes. True. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So well, uh, I think with us, there was just a series of just weird symbolism and, like, mm-hmm. non-sequiturs and red herrings yeah. that are like, okay, am I supposed to be paying, paying attention to this or this mm-hmm. or this or this? But I feel like upon second viewing... Upon first viewing of Us, not to get so... Anyway, but, like, upon first viewing of Us, I was like, okay, I like it. I feel like these add to something on second viewing. I was like, I don't really think they connect as well. And so I feel like with Parasite, it's... Everything Everything connects so well. Everything works. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like, they play the game of capitalism. They do everything. Like, they're slimy. They're trying to be better out than where they came, and yet at the end of the day... They are worse off than where they came from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's and so it, bleak. I love how this film doesn't. I mean, you definitely side more with the Kims, definitely, mm-hmm. but it doesn't villainize the Parks to an no. extreme. Yeah, not I mean, it's at all. not intentional, yeah. but it's, it's like they're yeah. very there's villains. I mean, we talked about it in our podcast with Parasite. They're just subjects to arrogance and ignorance yeah, yes. yeah. more than anything. Ignorance is yeah, I think villain. the one line is like, oh, if I was rich, I'd be, be nice, nice too. too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's like the whole point, yeah. yeah. And, and But then also, the Kims kind of were slimy as well a bit in terms of like, I mean, they totally could have helped the maid, but they didn't. They, they weren't, yeah, they chose not to. Yeah. yeah, so it's this weird relationship that everyone has with capitalism and how much like we every need man to for feed himself. off each other but it's also every man for themselves mm-hmm. and 
I yeah. just this movie is fucking awesome. So good. God, I knew what was going to happen. Well, I like I had published the review of it and I had read spoilers <laughs> of it and I knew it was like I, I had like More a general idea of it yeah. already, but like it was still like holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like wow, that's not what I was expecting. Yeah. And I just love how it's very accessible as well to I hope more people see it. I can't wait for the black and white version of this to come oh, out. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. I hope it comes to Seattle. I can't um, wait for it to win Best Picture. I hope yeah. so. Much <laughs> Please. I hope. I hope. Bond. Please. Oh, let, um, the actors won a, the SAG Award for Best yeah. Ensemble, yeah. which is very deserving. deserving. Historic. All, yeah. yeah. The first all of the, South Korean film to ever do that. All first international film to ever do that. It's so well. Like, yeah. Oh, it's so f- they're like, just so the, good at what. Yeah. yeah. And the dad especially is like yeah. killer. Park Song Ho, I think yeah, is his yeah. name. They, um, robbed. Some robbed. Of, yeah, some of the. I I heard that some of the scenes obviously play better in Korea than they mm-hmm. do in America. But like the scene when the the son is teaching the dad to act and like to oh, telling yeah. him what to say, it plays like he's he's teaching this unknown actor mm-hmm. is teaching this guy who's been in like all these films and he's like. He's like the Korean De Niro, you know. He's getting yeah, taught how to yeah. act, and it's just my yeah. bad on it. His name was Son Kan Ho. Yeah. Um, Park So Dam is uh, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ooh, I love oh, Jessica. The jingle, oh, jingle should be best song. Uh, at best Oscar. original oh, yeah. song. Yes, yes it was awesome when I saw. It. I was like, hell yeah, that is amazing. Like I don't even like it, that. Felt like it was ad libbed or something. It was. Um, it's based on a. a popular Korean song. Oh, okay. Not well, like, that makes a little a more sex, Korean sense song, in yeah. context, but I just, like, holy cow, that came out of nowhere, and I loved it. Yeah. Jessica, only child Chal- Illinois, no Chicago, Chicago, classmate, King... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. And then... Ding the dong. Yeah, ding yeah, yeah. Dong. It's awesome. I, uh, this movie is just... I'm so glad that this movie exists. Yeah. And I know... Like, it's... Everyone likes this film, so, like, why not just give it the fucking best picture? <laughs> True. <laughs> I have not heard one bad thing about this film. No. Mostly because there isn't. Yeah. yeah. There's not. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing to say about it mm-hmm. that's bad. And it's so poignant. It's so necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is crazy for a film with, like, such warm moments that, like, especially that, towards the beginning and, like, seeing yeah. like, the family and it's, like, there's laughter and it's hilarious at points, but mm-hmm. then it ends so bleak and poignant. The ending... 2019. Uh, yeah, so, can I mention yeah. that something I read the other day about Parasite? Is Parasite and Knives Out? Uh-huh. It was comparing, sort of, and they're both sort of have like a rich versus poor narrative. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about how Knives Out could never have ended like Parasite did. Like Knives Out ended with the immigrant still getting everything in the end mm-hmm. because Knives Out is an American film and they have to end with the the mentality that like, oh, no matter what, if you're an immigrant, if you work hard, then yeah. you're going to get to the top anyway. Yeah. But Parasite has the 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 under underclass people ending up in a situation worse than they were before. Mm-hmm. And like how Knives Out could have never as good as Knives Out is legitimately, it could have never ended the I way agree. Parasite I did. Agree. Yeah. yeah. And it was um, a very interesting thing to yeah. think about. That ending, like, killed me at the theater. I was oh, sobbing yeah. on my friend's shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it was just so odd for, like, like again, going in blind and be like, oh, this is, like, a nice little yeah. warm movie. And then having that be at the end, I was like, holy fuck, how did we get here? I usually like, don't cry in movies in 2019. 
almost every film, or all my top five films made me cry. <laughs> my so, top. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> or not yikes. But. Yeah. Good. If yeah. movie makes me cry, like, serious props. Yeah. And yeah. there's Most just so much, like, explicitness of, like, you can see this is director Bong Joon-ho's vision. Mm-hmm. You see him moving the chess pieces, making his vision come to life. I'm s- I want his storyboard. I want to see how he did it, because, like, apparently he kind of just had it in his mind, drew it out, and then they kind of filmed it. Yeah. That, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just beautiful visually. Yeah. It's just, well, it's just perfect. Yeah. Like, it, it's just yes. perfect. perfect. We talked to him. We had a podcast on We that. have yeah. a podcast. Uh, if you want that, to hear to more yeah. We will link it in the bio of this podcast, yeah. so you guys can go check that out. And then we want to do Ryan's top one. Number one. Yeah, Yeah. Midsummer. Midsummer. That's for Midsummer. We also did a pod on that. So tell Um, us why Midsummer is your number one, Ryan. Again, Ari Aster has just, like, I didn't see Hereditary when it first came out. But Mm -hmm. when I, I heard only good things, and then I finally watched it, and it's, he can do horror in yet still talk about other things besides horror in such a good like way. Like, just seeing, like, um, I guess, spoilers for the beginning of Midsummer. But Oh, my God. That yeah. beginning oh. is hard to get through. Yeah. It is. We've all seen it, right? Yeah. 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 Um, just... Chilling. Yeah, yeah. And to see her, like lose everything and then be able to go somewhere on a whim and find a connection and a a family for her to like you know someone who can like share her pain something Mm -hmm. that she hasn't had before do you feel so yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah midsummer is my number nine it's joel's number four and my number eight yeah eight yeah yeah um, it's probably my number like thirteen. I know Stephanie did not I enjoy this. Film. I didn't love it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. I there's an anecdote there's, that goes with it that we can go into later, but I I realize what Ariaster's doing. Very strange side and. Yeah, he. Um, I've read interviews with Ariaster saying that it's, this is his breakup film. It's a breakup it's film. Totally it's a fairy tale <laughs> film. Yeah. it's everything but horror yeah. and. I couldn't I agree, agree yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It really, like, it's beautiful, it's summery, it's warm. I like, mean, yeah, it does something... Like, there's scenes that feel, like, nostalgic. Like, yeah. it feels like it's from, like, a childhood or something. He like, finds horror in the daylight, which I find just so he fascinating. He did horror with pastels. Yes, yeah. exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He did horror with pastels, and it's just... I mean, you talked around me the first 15 minutes, like, that, like... Was like so difficult to watch. Yeah. I talk about how her smell—it's on the same level of just. Yeah. Holy fuck! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It smells that painful. But yeah, what I love about Midsummer is like Ari Aster isn't afraid to be very strange, and he kind of gets his themes from the strangeness of it in a way. Yeah. Where I felt for me, Hereditary really relied too heavily on that middle seat. Have we all seen Hereditary? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have not, but <laughs> uh-huh. say what you want to say. Okay, her, th- their sister's head gets just chopped off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dark. It's very It's It's sudden. about as jarring as the 
the fall. The, the, the fall. Yeah, but I think the fall, the fall is, the fall is much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one that one chop of the head, and that's what I really just didn't like. Like Hereditary relied on a cardiac arrest moment to like feel its horror, and then it kind of just kind of explained everything at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was more slow moving, and mm-hmm. nothing was explained. Everything yeah. was more ambiguous, mm-hmm. and you kind of just have to. Ambiguity okay is that. a very, very interesting horror strategy when used correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, one thing that I found super cool that Ari Aster did in this was, like, he kind of he made this really weird, surreal f- world. Like, he made, like, the fucking trees feel like they were breathing. Oh, Everything yeah. was That's moving insane. around. Oh, like, you would just had this whole feeling of disorientation throughout the whole film that I think just really feeds well to what's going on because you at that point it's just like okay I can resign to my senses and I feel like once you're like not very alert and you kind of just let everything happen that's when this movie works phenomenally and I think I love the ending yeah I do because um that boyfriend sucks (laughs) yeah um let it all burn. Like down. he, yeah. oh, he makes it. Ex- Ari Aster makes it explicitly clear about this horrid, toxic relationship and how Florence Pugh's character is just so utterly by herself, mm-hmm. and just that culmination that you said of her finding people to share that pain that she has held so deeply to herself because no one around her wants to. Yeah, that, no one wants to help her at all. Mm-hmm. Is powerful. It's yeah. It's exemplified in that the scene where. It's they're all yelling. Yeah, yeah. they're all oh, yelling and screaming with, with her, her, and it's paraleled with the yeah. extremely was, out there sex that was yeah. such an <laughs> um, theater experience. Laughing, yeah, yeah. I swear, it's yeah, like yeah. crying. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's just like she's found people who can support yeah. her and can she can like give her pain to other people mm-hmm. and they can pain help her. Not yeah, yeah. Yeah. It can be shared, it you know? It can be shared and it makes it feel much better. And yeah. I think part of what Ari Aster does yeah. is he plays on the differences between America and, you know, that being the background that mm-hmm. all of the characters come from, being such an individualistic society, yeah. and then going to, this like, a on the farewell, too. Yeah. 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 And also having, and yeah. also, I feel like he uses that to make, like, American audiences kind of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I was... Why do we find that so strange? Yeah. That people want to yeah. share pain. Why do we... I, yeah, I think yeah. I wrote about that in my review as well. Yeah, I wrote a questioning yeah. the audience. Yeah, and I remember I was sitting there, and all my friends. Okay, like the sex, the sex scene is really weird, but I feel like a lot of people were kind of uncomfortable with they, the fact that they were all naked. But I remember that I um, knew this Swedish family, mm-hmm. and they we would all go swimming and the kids would swim naked and me being American, I was like, that's so weird. Like, Mm -hmm. why would you do that? And they're like, oh, well, it's just kind of what we do, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like he plays on cultural differences to make us uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah. Not saying that, like, murderous communes are, (laughs) like, uh, cultural. Ideal. Wherever you find your peace, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the final sequence, or just that final shot of Florence Pugh in that (sighs) giant flower costume, kind of, like, maniacally, like, not knowing what's going on, slightly enjoying it, but also terrified. It's just all the emotions 
are on her face. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how do I feel? Like, am I happy Yeah. Is she happy? The only reason I'm not angry that she didn't, like, she should have been nominated. She should have been nominated. For this and not Little Women. And the fact... Oh, I didn't know. For both. For both. This is like the Brad Pitt definitely more. Because... like. I just... Yeah. It's also interesting to hear Florence Pugh talk about the shooting for this film. She shot Midsummer and then yeah, immediately and then went to the Little Woman. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, Little Woman must have been so amazing. She probably just showed up and was like, hey guys, um, I've been going through a, ro- a lot recently. <laughs> yeah. but I'm ready to go. Stephanie, why didn't you? Well, what? let me set the stage. It's okay, winter break. Okay. I'm trying to catch up on my 2019 films. Me, I'm, me and my parents are sitting on the couch. I know, I know my dad really likes horror movies. I hear Midsummer's a horror movie, so I said, Hey, Dad, let's buy Midsummer and watch it. So we're watching it, and then, you know, like, the first, like, the really gory stuff happens, like, the, the fall happens, the guy gets his face smashed in, and my mom's, like, already kind of freaked out. But she's like, okay, I'll go with it, I'll go with it. And my dad, I think, has already left the room. But my mom's <laughs> gone with it. And then we're inching towards the really, like, freaky sex scene. And then I just get a hunch. And I look it up on IMDb. And IMDb, there's, like, little categories for ratings. And there's, like, nudity and sex. Severe. And I was like, <laughs> oh, not in front of my good Christian mother. And then, so, you know, I was like, Mom, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead. It's, we don't have to watch this part. And I'm skipping ahead. And, you know, it's all it's the ladies yeah. and the boyfriend. And she was like, she spent, him. like, a good half hour, like, interrogating me on my major <laughs> because of it. And, like... Like, even if that hadn't happened, though, I would say I definitely have, like, a lower threshold of tolerance for uh, nudity and gore. Mm -hmm. Like, that kind of thing. I realize that Ari Aster is trying to, like, make you feel unsettled with Mm -hmm. it all, but I was, I felt so disgusted that I couldn't feel unsettled. Like, I spent more time, like, cringing instead of being uncomfortable. And so I I see what he's trying to do, but, like, my feelings also combined with having to deal with my mom on the side of that much, <laughs> which just made it, like, not great. Yeah. But I recognize it's good, just not my type of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Totally, 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 totally fair. fair. Yeah, yeah, if you watched it with your parents and they reacted like that, I'm sure yeah. you would yeah. not have had a great yeah. time. Yeah, considering when I watched it, someone yelled, fuck, and left. <laughs> <laughs> I really wonder how long that scene actually is, because it felt like an hour at least. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah like, I was, wow, like, so. skipping through, and my mom was like, is this what you watch in college? And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, we're fucking dream. Yeah. Yeah. So, Stephanie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, but yeah, that that's was Ryan's number yes. one. Midsummer. Yeah, great pick, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Makes me want to go watch it. Yeah. yeah. It makes yeah. Me wa- the director's really, cut is. I want to. Yeah, yeah. I heard oh. it's seeing so I heard many it's scenes. Much more explicit cut. with its themes as well, which I find awesome because. Doesn't it like there's this huge blowout fight? Blowout yeah, fight there's Florence Pugh and Jack Rayner. Yeah, it makes that the boyfriend look worse. Yeah, and it explains that relationship. Much. It goes into that more, yeah. and it makes it better. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I definitely already got like Jack Rayner. That character sucks. Like yeah. he already he caught he like felt like obligated to take Florence Pugh on this mm-hmm. trip. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Like, ripped Danny's off. not coming. And then cut yeah. to Danny on the plane. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then he ripped off his friend's master thesis. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He just, he 
was like, you know, this isn't weird. This is culture, you know. We should be, like, sharing it. Yeah, but, like, he definitely was doing it for his own good. Like, and then, because they were treating him, the girl was treating him nicely, and then he totally wanted to, like, Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, no one should be burned in a bear costume. But (laughs) But (laughs) while, like... He did deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're sadistic for saying that, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, Midsummer, great yeah. film. Yes, yeah. very great. Yeah, I haven't really said a lot about it, but no, it, it's... I mean, you had a podcast a, to do. I did have a podcast on it. We did a podcast on mm-hmm. it. But it's it's a metaphorical cutting of ties mm-hmm. of all the toxicity in your life. And, and yeah. And even did. just like... Just ridding just, that. Yeah. And even when it's like all the... Uh, all the all the paganistic stuff and like mm-hmm. it doesn't always make sense, but it doesn't really have it to. It revels in the not making sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't have to when it's like a family that cares for you and mm-hmm. actually respects you and and wants the best for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Love yeah. Midsummer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Snaps for Midsummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're gonna start with Jim's number one. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So, this movie impacted me a lot more than I thought it was going to. Uh, I haven't ever seen any other Terrence Malick movies. I usually am not a huge fan of like World War II movies, but I feel like it's it's the least war war film I've ever seen, mm-hmm. in in the best way possible because mm-hmm. it's not about that. It's not about the horrors of war. And it's not about necessarily the violence and 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 mm-hmm. the loss of life, but it's about like just like the everything testing your faith mm-hmm. and trying your best to just like. To, to keep your morals when everyone and every all the forces around mm-hmm. you are saying no and saying, you know, and like it just has me thinking a lot about mortality and a lot about our legacies and a lot about like how there's so many heroes in the world that that just go unnoticed because mm-hmm. they live a hidden life and they don't. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, I mean, but that's wow. what the movie is. That, that's Sorry to break your <laughs> spiel. That was kind of funny. Continue. Sorry. Roll credits. Um, uh, no, it's it's just so good and it's so beautiful and uh, it's just a I think, three um, hour like kaleidoscopic journey. Yes. And it's just yes. the Seeing final shot's beautiful. Mm-hmm. This and then also watching A Tree of Life over break. Mm, um, Tree of Life is a masterpiece. Yeah. Malik. <laughs> Malik can film just life happening in, in a way most, that, that yeah, is I've, heavenly. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen anyone else yes. do <laughs> just <fun>. yeah. <laughs> um, just it's just I I don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. It's something that you just have to see and experience. Yeah, that, it's that, that, spiritual. that whole yeah yeah so that weird. whole like first hour of this of a hidden life mm-hmm. is just them living life in the countryside it's yeah. so and it's beautifully beautiful. shot and it, you yeah. feel the warmth this heaven feeling but and then yeah, you yeah. also like the contents of this, what's going on it's like them mm-hmm. falling in love and have falling in love with their family and just enjoying yeah life i i love the scene where it's like they first meet at like that that bar, bar tavern yeah. place and mm-hmm. he comes back to that place earlier and sees how devastated that place is mm-hmm. now due to that just ideological divide and mm-hmm. how there's still those memories associated with that place, but now it's yeah, like everyone's so just much different and so much more devastating. It's trying to in hold English. on to that. No. Yeah. no, it's not. It's anymore. partially like bits are in German, yeah. right? I thought it was sure. mostly in English. No, it's. I could be wrong. 
I don't remember. Oh, no, you're totally right. It is it is partially in English. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah, partially it's in English and English and partly partially in But yeah, I think I it th- is mostly English. I think you're it's right. mostly no, no, English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's only when yeah. he's in like spoilers again. But jail. Yeah, I think when he's in person. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little bit more in German. Yeah. yeah. Um it I've not seen Knights of Cup nor Santa's song, but this definitely feels more grounded than yeah. what I've heard from Knights of Cup and Song the Song, and I really enjoy that. This is very linear in a way yeah, that yeah. doesn't you don't usually associate don't with usually Malik get Malik, modern yeah. in his like more modern pieces, and it's this really woozy, beautiful, dizzying yet enlightening experience that like you just don't get with other films i think Mm -hmm. the theme of this film is so like amazing like impactful that's what sold it for me is is especially that final shot the final shot and then the quote at the end was like devastating Mm -hmm. in my opinion I'm going to belittle the movie a little bit, but I did think that the second half sort of drug, like it started to drag a I little bit. I thought the second half was what made it, like once he got into jail, it was like, I got into the rhythm of it really well. I felt the opposite. Wow, but okay. and, and Yeah, it's, you know, to each their own. Yeah, but for like, sure. Um, I don't know. I felt like there was, it was just a lot of him just, you know, staying adamant about I don't want to fight in this war, and it's like you know he just like they gave mm-hmm. him every opportunity, to, they gave him every mm-hmm. out, and he just refused to but take that, it. But mm-hmm. I think for me, that's what I enjoyed about it. It was like this constant test of faith of yeah, this yeah. factor is you can get out this way. No, I want to keep with my morals. You can get out this way. No, and then one yeah. for me the most devastating scene is when he meets up with his, with wife, his wife, and oh he's still gosh. like. I can't, I don't know what to do, but yeah. I, and there's that confession by the wife where she's like, I need you back. I need mm-hmm. you back. Mm-hmm. And um, the confrontation of morals of yeah. morals yeah, and other people you are affecting as well as the, like, the like trying to stay firm in mm-hmm. his faith. I think, I think this film does it well, but what it reminds me of is if anybody's seen silence, mm-hmm. the Martin mm-hmm. Scorsese one, I, I, I feel like that is that the yeah. Andrew Garfield yeah. refuses to fight? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, Andrew no. Garfield and Adam Driver, Driver are missionaries oh, in Japan, yeah. uh-huh. and they're being like oppressed by the the Japanese like mm-hmm. government, and they're like looking for them. And it, I feel like that film does it like so like not better, but I think that that film does it really well. Okay, like well, the, the same, it's the so. same sort of, really yeah, it's, I, it's probably really underrated Scorsese. Like mm-hmm. not Passion enough people Project, have seen I it, but that, yeah. yeah, it's very good. And it has the same sort of themes as this of standing firm in what you believe in. Mm-hmm. And even when, you know, you're facing death, mm-hmm. standing, you know, standing your ground in mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Also, another cool thing that I think... That's such a bad adjective, but whatever, yeah. <laughs> um, that Terrence Malick does. I really enjoyed his, like, the camera... It's almost in every film where the camera takes on this life of its own. But yeah. really, especially in this film, there's this... The camera always is, like, attracted to the light in a way that's of testing your, like, 
face in a way like you, you try to see the light out but it's always so far away and the camera is yeah. just so attracted to that light but you but it's so many obstacles are getting in the way mm-hmm. there's this beautiful shot of like the empty jail and the camera just kind of going through the jail trying to go up to the lake yeah it just yeah. cannot get there yeah um yeah, and some of the wide lenses that he uses to capture just the pure emotion of the two leads who are phenomenal in this mm-hmm. film is wondrous. Yeah. No, again, like, this, the first hour of this movie is so heavenly, and it could, mm-hmm. it could just be stuff like they're plowing the fields, they're mm-hmm. milking the cows, and it's shot in such a... Like, I haven't seen a movie that's so... that like, shoots such, like, lifelike events in such... I just like euphoric, mm-hmm. like Epicurean yeah. way. Like it's mm-hmm. just so, uh, like it's just. I think it could be a little shorter. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> but it's phallic back to form apparently. It is. But yeah. yeah. So, if you haven't seen I, it, I highly recommend yeah, yeah. it as well. I, it's, it's worth a, a viewing. Yeah. For sure. I no, I think the link actually actually does to its benefit because it's mm. that perpetual battle of okay, like yeah. it just keeps going mm-hmm. and all these things testing your faith and all and what that means for your loved ones and what that means for yourself and your own legacy and mm-hmm. I just there was they would it would it, it, I just love it, it I I can't say anything else it's just it's just really really great I still think Parasite is the best quote unquote movie of the year but there's mm-hmm. just oh, it, a hidden life it's more me so yeah much. yeah yeah for sure. So, A Hidden Life is my number one pick of yeah, the year. Yeah, so we've gone through Jim's number one and Ryan's number one and Joelle's number one. Yeah. So, Maddie, your number one. Yes, my number one is Honey Boy Let's by go. Alma Harrell, starring Shia LaBeouf, Noah Juke, <laughs> and Lucas Hedges. Um, I, honest, I don't know where to start with this movie. This movie is like if you were to be a fly on the wall of Shia LaBeouf's therapy session. (laughs) Yeah. It truly is. It is just, you can feel the catharsis in it. And, I mean, like, some of the backstory behind it, you know, he got arrested in 2017, I think, when he was filming um, Peanut Butter Falcon. And that really interesting. (laughs) I know, yeah. And it's weird that he just, like, went back to it. Like, the, the day after. But um, he went to court, and essentially he'd been arrested so many times for public intoxication that they said, hey, if, like, if you don't go to this uh, rehab program, you're going to go to jail. So he went to rehab, and then he, that's when he started writing the screenplay um, as part of his therapy. And then he didn't ever expect it to turn into a movie, but then um, his friend, the director, Alma, was said essentially, hey, this needs to be a movie. This would be really good as a screenplay. And so it follows... Kind, It's kind of fictionalized. It's not exactly like a biopic, but it follows what is supposed to be like a younger version of Shia LaBeouf um, and his struggles with young stardom and having a father who is an addict. And it's just so... It's beautiful in every sense of the word, I think. And what, like we were talking about earlier, about how it focuses a lot on forgiveness, mm-hmm. it shows that it has a very interesting dichotomy with um, Otis, Otis, who is Shia LaBeouf, quote-unquote, his dad, who is played by Shia LaBeouf, 
Um, it has a very interesting dichotomy of him being kind of the villain of Otis's life, but then he's also a victim of addiction. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of all over the place because there's just so much that I could say about this movie, but Alma Harrell said that she... There was this really touching interview that I watched where she said that she made this movie for all of her brothers and sisters that have had parents that deal with addiction. And I just think that that really encapsulates it, you know? I think that those influences are very clear. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really all over the place with this. No, I just... I think that Shia LaBeouf and Noah Jupe are, like, two of the best performances of the year, in my opinion. Like, I think there's... I always think about the one scene where... um, where Shia is at rehab and he's just telling this story about his parents and how they were addicts and mm-hmm. how it's just this generational trauma that that cycles through and it's just like and you can see st- there's just so much pain behind his eyes and it's just so well performed and I I don't even know I can't I can't even really properly articulate yeah how this movie makes me feel but it's just it's just otherworldly and yeah. f- forgiving and uh, it's Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's And I think I think just like one of the things I think it does a lot of things. Great. But one of the things that really struck me is after the scene where um James the dad goes out to the like strip club I think it is and he kind of relapses in a way. Him and Otis have this touching moment where they kind of start to make amends and I think a lot of people are like, why would he forgive him for that? Because that's so terrible. He's just been doing nothing but kind of ruining his life. But that's his dad, you know? Mm-hmm. And you always want to see the best in people like your parents. And I think that there's a lot of nuances like that mm-hmm. that you have to kind of read into mm-hmm. to fully understand the scope of the trauma, but then also the acceptance. Shia said something like I feel like you would expect him to be on not great terms with his dad um, to this day but he still is from what it sounds like he said that he was like on FaceTime with his dad while his dad was watching it and it was really hard for him to see his dad watch that but Mm -hmm. at the same time you know I think that he's kind of accepting it's it's him accepting his father but also his therapy for what he did to his childhood. I don't want to play devil's advocate for this, but... No, it's all good. Play um, devil's advocate. I don't know why... I'm appreciative this film exists. I definitely can see how impactful it is for people. For me, it felt way longer than it was, even though it was 90 minutes, and it felt almost repetitive, and I understand the point of kind of that, but it felt very surface-level repetitive. I don't... I'm not... 100% sure why I felt that way and maybe I need a rewatch but for me personally I just it was an interesting experiment to watch Shia LaBeouf embody the person that he hates yet loves and that's a very interesting psychological concept but for me personally I found it just very dragging mm-hmm. but it's still a very important piece to be around and I'm glad it exists for yeah. people to digest and enjoy and 
relate to in a way. And yeah, I don't want to, because you guys just made like this no, huge it, passionate uh, argument, no, and just I mean, for it's me, just like, it's like this movie was. I good, I get it. I like I get it. It's, yeah, it's. I don't have that very passionate reaction to my it. my appraisal. Of this movie is less to do about the filmmaking, although I think the direction and the acting and everything is mm-hmm. phenomenal. But mm-hmm. I, it's less about that and more just about how it makes me feel, and that's why yeah. I'm having mm-hmm. a really difficult time articulating it because mm-hmm. it's just, it's such a unique experience that I've never seen in exactly. cinema mm-hmm. or it's like this is pretty much a real person's story and he, they're living through they're living it's, it literally is like a therapy session mm-hmm. it is a cinematic therapy session yeah no I, just, I definitely can understand where that's coming from I just for me it just probably didn't hit the right notes I just felt very cold at the end of the film but that's just my personal experience I felt wrecked at the end of the <laughs> yeah I felt <laughs> did you go to the screening at, yeah yeah mm-hmm. at yeah. SIF uptown yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I just I remember I kind of knew about it I mm-hmm. wasn't that invested in it but I chose to review it just because I was like oh it seems interesting it's got it's Shia LaBeouf in it yep. and it just hit me in so many different ways that mm-hmm. I could have never seen coming. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And also, what I appreciate about it is that, like I was talking about with Rocket Man, how it's kind of it able to accept the fact that Elton John had some really bad points where he was kind of a bad person. Mm-hmm. I feel like this also shows, with Shia's arrest and things like that, mm-hmm. that he has seen the error of his ways and he admits that he was kind of a jackass yeah (laughs) definitely not the best guy ever for sure um and he knows it's kind of to me saying he knows he did that and he knows that he can't really make amends for that but he is taking that in stride and he's repenting Mm -hmm. in a way Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah I think Shia LaBeouf is really good in this and I think it has a really interesting opening sequence. Um, it's kind of a ironic opening sequence, which I find it's Lucas Hedges. Mm-hmm. He's kind of standing there. You don't know why. He's kind of just still. And then it's like, no, 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 no. And then he gets blown Yeah, down. It's just like all the emotional trauma that he had of like people watching him, people expecting too much out of him mm-hmm. at such a young age, just coming full force. Yet the irony is we are watching his story and still we're still yeah. projecting in a way. Yeah. It's ironic and I... I love that opening sequence. So, I would love to just sit down and have a conversation with Shia LaBeouf and all. Me too. There was um, this was like an agonizing. It was interesting to watch, but it was kind of agonizing. There was a um, interview with Shia LaBeouf with Kristen Stewart, and someone was like, "This is like anxiety and depression (laughs) each other." (laughs) I saw some. I saw something that was like, "If Shia LaBeouf is the normal one in the room, that's (laughs) when you know." (laughs) But yeah. Honey Boy, yeah, you're number one, yes. and Jim's... Number four. Number four. It, and Joelle and Stephanie, you have not seen, seen it. it. <laughs> Actually, wait, am I... No, I am false. That is my number three. Oh. Little Women is my number what four. What a lie. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I have absolutely... Noah Jupe is a revelation. He he's is so, so good. good. He's going to be in A Quiet Place, too. That is like... He's like, he, he demonstrates a range that is just, like, so far beyond his years. Yeah, I was yeah. so blown away by him. Um, um, he's also in Academy Award nominated Ford V Ferrari. Is he? <laughs> yes, oh my god. He is yeah, like the he's, main he's reason I would go see that it. movie. <laughs> yeah. 
he's not really in it that much. Yeah, he's not, no. He's, 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 he's kind of he's just, fine. like, he's there to inject some emotion into, like, what Christian Bale's character chooses to do, but it's definitely, he's a plot device. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More than anything which is sad to say about a person, but. Yeah. He, he's, he does it well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I don't know if anything I said makes any sense. No, I was really yeah, just like, I can just like clear of like the really head. emotional movies. Yes. Yeah. yes. Speaking of very emotional movies, mm. which is next, which is next, me, mine. Yeah. I almost referred is to it? myself in the third person. Um, <laughs> me, Cynthia. <laughs> um, it's we've been recording for a long time. <laughs> um, my number one is The Farewell, directed by Lulu Wong. Yeah. Everyone gave me claps. <laughs> I feel so validated. It's my number four. My number eight. And jo- Joelle's number it, eight. It's yeah. my honorable mention. Yeah, it would have been an honorable, honorable mention. mention. Yeah. Um, yeah, so The Farewell hits me in a very very a place where I don't like to go to a lot which is this idea of uh fuck (laughs) it's this cultural divide that I often try to repress when I exist sometimes because for a I grew up in a very white community I was probably at my elementary school at least I was probably one out of four Asians so, um, yeah. Um, so the farewell really hit home for me in terms of the idea of a cultural divide. And I think what I really enjoy about Lulu Wong's depiction of this, it's not this bombastic East versus West commentary. No one is wrong in that situation. Everyone has an understanding. Oh, I didn't even talk about what this film's about. Fuck. <laughs> um, it's about um, Aquafina, who's pretty much Bill, um, Lou Wong's surrogate. Um, she and her family have just learned that her grandma has um, terminal cancer and is about to die. Um, in Eastern East Asian cultures, it's normal for them not to tell the person who has the sickness that they're about to die with the concept of the pain of knowing will hurt more than the actual disease itself. And it's them going back to China to in this faux wedding to say their last goodbye to their grandma. And for me, that just really hit home because something similar kind of happened to me in terms of that. And I've talked to my mom about this film a lot, and she totally agrees with the East Asian philosophy of not wanting to tell a person that they're sick because they honestly believe that we should be carrying their pain because we are their family. And it just really hit home for me. And also, again, I already mentioned that Lulu Wong doesn't make this uh, this truly bombastic experience, but what I also love is just a lot of... There's a lot of still imagery going on with it it's not cold in a way but it's definitely not this warm fuzzy feeling it's this weird in between that we all find our or at least for me as a chinese american find myself in a lot and yeah she just directs the hell out of it and aquafina mm-hmm. is a revelation and so is the grandma josh zhao shu jen i think i pronounced her name right yeah. <laughs> so it's based on a true, true story, lie. right? Yes. But I heard that Nai Nai is still alive. She yeah. Is alive. It's at the end yeah. of the. Yay, yeah. Nai Nai. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, 
I don't know how I felt about that. Like, I was, I, I think I would have been better if it just left. It ambiguous in yeah. a way. I honestly didn't care about it. Like, it didn't add or detract anything knowing that she is alive for me personally. Mm-hmm. I think the more important thing for me that I got out of this film was understanding the cultural divide and not mm-hmm. villainizing one way of thinking or another. It's They're both very right and they are also both very wrong it's very yeah. it's a weird dichotomy to yeah. understand and it does it in a way so where it's not like culture versus culture yes. like country yeah. versus country yeah. it's more it's of just like, like self self yeah, yeah. Just mm-hmm. like how yeah. do you how do feel I, about yeah. it yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think i had a very different experience growing up like you hear a lot of people go like oh i was the only blank in a sea of white people is not true for me like from kindergarten through like all the way through high school like at least like a third to a half of my class would be asian and it's like everybody's in the same situation parents immigrated had kids kids are going through school parents care about grades a lot like so Mm -hmm. i never ever felt like oh i don't i feel out of place like that was never a problem for me because there were like 12 other kids who were doing the same thing but what the farewell does like the the i guess the cultural like confrontation that i had to deal with was i think there's a scene cuz billy's billy's grand, grandpa nine mm-hmm. husband original husband is mm-hmm. dead and she's de- he's dead that's not a spoiler so much but billy is talking oh, about oh i know this in a exactly scene where yeah happened to me but she's yes. talking about how she moved away from china and then her grandpa died and she came back and he just like wasn't there anymore and i think about that a lot because um like, my extended family lives in Taiwan. And every time I go back to Taiwan, I, I stay with my extended family and I see them. And America is a home for me because I live here. And then mm-hmm. Taiwan's also home for me. And, like, I've never felt out of place in Taiwan. And I've never felt out of place here. But it just hits me one day that, like, my grandma and grandpa, my uncles and my aunts, one day, like, there's going to be, I guess, a point in time where they're dead and I'm not. And when I always think about when they die... Taiwan will not be a home anymore because it's home because they're there. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never had to go back to Taiwan and stay in a hotel. I've always been oh, able to yeah. stay, yeah. like, with my family. Yes. But I always think about there's going to be, like, a time where I visit Taiwan for the last time because once my extended family dies, there's, like, if it's going to feel like there's nothing there for me anymore. And that was, like, a scary revelation. Yeah, I guess... My just to lay it on the line why I might have also empathized with the movies like the same thing because my grandpa lived in Guam my entire life mm-hmm. so which is like so far away and like that exact feeling of you visiting this place that you've always known and it's like a part of your like childhood and your memories and then for someone to just not be there anymore was like very that's yeah it's, very daunting it's, scary it's, it's brutal yeah. and it's like it's just like feels like something's missing and something should be there but nobody's talking about it uh-huh. and it's like it, just handling that and dealing with that and seeing those emotions actually play out on screen yeah. I thought was done perfectly I, I think each of us have our your own unique experience with cultural yeah. not divide but like challenges I guess yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time it's that's like so why this movie needed to be made because there's a hidden universe universality oh my god words universality (laughs) four hours (laughs) that 
time. is embodied with this in, within yeah. this film. It's, you feel that scared. Yeah. You feel mm-hmm. that. I felt that. I mean, that monologue of the grandpa dying, like something very similar happened, yes. and I had, uh, yeah. So it's definitely we all have our own indi- unique and individualized experiences, but the farewell really emphasizes that sometimes that there is a universality to our stories, and that's why we need these stories to be made because it, there's a comfort in knowing that someone else out there is feeling what you feel, yeah. and that's what the farewell f- felt like for me. It yeah. felt nice knowing that as much as this thought kind of sucks to have Lulu Wong kind of had that same experience yeah. and also this movie is like genuinely funny <laughs> and mm-hmm. heartwarming and yeah. it portrayed that like the complete disconnect of like the two different worlds like, mm-hmm. perfectly like between like the families interchange mm-hmm. like the mom's disconnection with uh, oh my gosh the there's the scene where they're at the dinner table yeah and they're mm-hmm. like they're all talking that to each so other but enough. it's totally that they're like ja- making jabs at each other yeah, like, and like that's totally like a thing, thing in, in Asian yeah. culture yeah, it, which yeah. is like, like oh so you're gonna take your son to America do you yeah. think he's actually gonna impact to China it's like yeah. trying to prove that your decision was right and yeah. tr- abandoning like, and that's a such family a, that's what, like one of the reasons why I think I get mad at Eastern culture in general like I spend a lot of time being pissed off at Asian Eastern culture because Eastern culture like the whole like like, I grew up, obviously, with a, surrounded by so many Asians, but then, like, the the parents of all the Asians knew each other, and everybody was, like, pitting their kids against each other, and it was awful, because I, like, grew up like that, and I grew up knowing, like, the status, like, everybody's, like, status, and, like, oh, like, oh, I heard so-and-so's kid did X, Y, Z, or things like that, and so, like, like, I hate, I really, really hate Eastern culture for that sometimes. Which is, I guess, that's, but that's I think my spiel. That's not but the point of the farewell, right? It's, it's not, but like I realize that com- when like, I see that complicate, like understanding the complex nature that both could be right, but both could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still come away from this film thinking that you should tell people if they have a sickness, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I totally understand where like my mom comes from of like, no, that yeah. is wrong. Like it's Do and we, like yeah, it's like, what sorry. these people know. Yeah, like yeah. that's what they what, know yeah. to be the correct thing to yeah. do, mm-hmm. yeah. which is crazy to think about. Sometimes. And it's like that's yeah. why it'd be so like daunting to even question someone's like moral standing on that when mm-hmm. it's like that would be like seen as like complete taboo for mm-hmm. us to not tell someone. Pro- that, pretty sure it'd be illegal here too. Yeah, it is illegal. It is yeah. illegal. Yeah. They like, talk about it yeah. in the movie where like, they're this like, would be "This would be illegal America. here." Yeah. yeah. Um, also, like, Lulu Wong directs the hell out of this movie, I mm-hmm. think. I mean, I already talked about a lot yeah. about, like, a lot of the still shots of just letting the characters kind of like exist. Shot. And, yeah. yeah. And, oh, the opening shot is, like, the opening shot is, like, one of the, like, I feel like it should be script writing 101 in terms of how you exposition dump. It's, like, it's not, they're not explicitly, like, telling you, like, oh, she has cancer, but there's, like, they're not being like, oh, Nai Nai has cancer and they don't know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's kind of a culmination of like, oh, she's at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Something's up. Oh, and then it's exposition dump 101 in a very natural way. Yeah. And also the last three scenes are just utterly painful. They come out of the yeah. wedding, all walking together. Oh, finally, like all the pain is on them as they walk slowly out of the 
on the wedding, wedding day and then oh the wedding itself has seeing her uncle break down yes. oh my gosh like, fuck yeah. and then <laughs> the grand nai saying goodbye as the car pulls away and then the song comes up yeah. and then you kind of get these huge landscape shots of like the home in which they used to live in now turn is like this park like understanding mm-hmm. the disappearance of things mm-hmm. that you thought were going to be permanent there but they're just gone and yeah. then the last scene with the when she was like ha and then the birds but flying the birds away fly in out. china mm-hmm. is yeah with the bird metaphor yeah. And, yeah oh my gosh it's crazy yeah, yeah. sorry i just love no that that shot of like everyone scared. driving away in the it's like mm-hmm. and that reminds me of the point that you just made like the the homes sort of disappear when those people disappear mm-hmm. yeah and yeah, just like my my grandparents are like, they're in their seventies. I think yeah, they're in their seventies, and they're like fine. Nothing, none of them has cancer. But I like I think like, one day they're gonna die, and I'm still gonna be here, and it's just gonna be like, oh. well, fuck, what's gonna happen to your house? Like I love that house. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's probably gonna go to one of my uncles, but yeah. it's, I mean, I'm so glad <laughs> we yeah. got. I got this. I've seen this film so many times, and each time it gets better. And I'm so glad it exists. Nice little therapy session. Yeah. Now you know it's better. Yeah. So yeah. that's I, I grew up <laughs> thinking I didn't have any cultural dissonance in me, but I have a lot. I yeah, have. You know what? Yeah. Huge I grew up being dissonance. all like, I feel accepted. There's like a ten other Asians in my class. I'm no. white, pretty much. So. And yeah. now I'm just like, well, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I think I wrote it in my review where it's like. I've always wanted that side to kind of the Chinese side of me to not be there because I lived in a very white area. But now, like, I feel like the need to like recompensate, and both ways are really weird to think about. But mm-hmm. this f- film for me kind of just under- helped me understand that someone else is out there. Mm-hmm. That's also a nice feeling. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, The Feral is my number one movie of 2019. Yeah. Woo. Go see Woo. it. Go, Go see, see it. it. Farewell. Yeah. yeah. Fuck the Academy. Yeah. <laughs> what? Who said that? <laughs> All right. Last one. It's my number one. Yeah. And we Little all women. Total shockers. Final film yes. of the podcast. It's on recap. everyone's list as well. I think it, yeah, it's it not on yours, though. Yeah, it is. It's five. Oh, it is? Right. It's yeah. um Ryan's Eight. Eight. He's not here with us right now, but that's okay. He, yeah, it's okay. your uh, Joel's two. It is my three. It's my fourth. So everyone has Maddie's five. It's my yeah. one. Yes. Okay. So, so I guess okay. I guess <laughs> I should start off with Saoirse Ronan is the love of my life. I love her so much. I watched Brooklyn. I think my sophomore year of high school. And I just I thought she was amazing, and I love her in everything she's in. She's phenomenal and she fits the character so well Mm -hmm. I'm so glad about that obviously Greta Gerwig fresh off Lady Bird is now doing this amazing and then I know Florence Pugh is like the latest (sighs) bandwagon which I'm fine with don't say it like that she's the latest like thing everybody's freaking out about but I I like yeah yeah. I know she is I didn't say she wasn't but like I I have to say that that my my original affection still lies with Saoirse Ronan I love her so much 
And, like, I think, like, first of all, this is, like, a beloved story mm-hmm. for generations to come. Who has been, read this book? I have. I have as well. Has, has anybody seen the 1994 movie? <laughs> yeah, not seen I've seen that one. Winona Ryder's great. I, of it, yeah. I grew up with that movie, so yeah. I when I found out that this was happening, I was so stoked. I mean, like, what a star-studded cast. I know. Yeah. That yeah. does yeah. such a great job. And then also, I w- it took me a little bit to get used to it, but Gerwig's, like... Non-linear. Non-linear yeah. storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just juxtaposes memory and experience and, like... Reality. Reality. And fairy tale and, that we yeah, had in our Yeah, views. like... Mm-hmm. And, but, like, throughout it all... And I, I, I say this line in my review, it's kind of cheesy, but throughout it all, sisters remain sisters. Mm-hmm. And it's like... <laughs> oh, gosh. It's so... It's got so much heart in it. And I lo- like the... Like, no matter, and the, first of all, the undercurrents of class and gender. Mm-hmm. Those and were. Money. Yeah, oh, class, money. gender, money, and all that. And then also, just like, despite everything, growing up is still something that should be experienced with other people, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And then, like, also, it was just funny in general. Mm-hmm. It was. Like, it, for me, Little Woman is such an anomaly in 2019 where it's. You know, a lot of films kind of revel in sadness and depression and violence. violence. And this film has none of that. It's like the warmest thing I have seen this year. And I... Coming, I was at a screening with Joelle, and coming out of it, I was like crying because it was just so. Oh, yeah. I cried. No, I couldn't even tell you. It was tears of joy, something that. I rarely experience of like being so happy. I need to cry out my. I happiness. mean, like I cried when Beth died, but I also just cried. Oh, I cried oh when Beth died yes. as well. Yes. Like, and I knew it was gonna happen too because I've read the book, well, yeah. and I was like, "Fuck, Beth's gonna die, and it's gonna be terrible." Yeah, Fuck. it's again, it's another film where I'm just so glad it exists. Everyone needs a, their little woman, despite the book existing. Yeah, there's just... Just new interpretations, new modern interpretations of the film mm-hmm. are crucial in there's our everyday life. so many, like, good, like, lines. I like so. how Greta Gerwig is able to make period dialect seem so natural. Yeah. natural. Yeah. Like, literally, there's a lot where... Yeah. Capital. <laughs> Sir Christopher Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Columbus, capital, like... She says it, and it's like, oh, yeah, she's excited. That yeah. feels super she's natural. Like, that's even so though- capital. And yeah. it's like, you're right. That, that is yeah. so capital. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, like things like just that just because my dreams are different from yours doesn't mean that yeah. they're any less important. Yeah. yeah. Like, that one's good. And like, also oh, like Florence more- Pugh's monologue with oh, Timothee yeah. Chalamet. Like, oh, yeah. I have been second to Joe so, in everything oh, my entire yeah, life. I will not be what you settle for just because you cannot have her. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like so, everything was yeah. so good. And like, I just recently read the screenplay for this movie. And it's like, it's oh impressive. my God. So basically oh. the screenplay is structured they're always talking on top of each other and I yeah. think that it, when Greta Gerwig is able to literally like have that scene create that chaotic frenzy without being like this is mind-blowingly annoying it feels like well yeah they're sisters they want to try to talk over each other and it feels so natural and if you look at the script there's literally dashes in the script being yeah. like Saoirse Ronan needs to talk here Florence Pugh needs to talk Florence yeah. Pugh interrupts her yeah. here Marmy yeah. interrupts here like it's gosh. like I was watching um, a video about Greta Gerwig talking about the scene when they first go into Lori's house where um, Florence Pugh was like, someone hurt my 
hand, and then they all go into the There's thing. A girl. Yeah, she was like, I know this sounds stupid, but like, I'm so incredibly pleased with the blocking in this scene, and that made so like clicked good. it for me, like put it in a total another level of like. Yeah, you're right. Like literally, there are ten people moving around in this yeah. movie, and it feels like a dance. It's, but that makes feels natural yeah. in a way. They're not like running into each other, making this chaotic frenzy that seems annoying. It's like they are creating this chaotic frenzy because yeah. that's who they are, and that's the joy in life that they have with each other. Yeah. yeah. Also, speaking of lines, this one's on Twitter all the time where. Um, Saoirse Ronan's um, Joe is oh, like yeah. women I forgot have, that's like the yeah, top that's one my I forgot. favorite quote where she's <laughs> like women have ambition and minds, minds, minds and, and souls, souls and, and hearts as well as beauty and, and I'm so sick of everyone like yeah so sick of being told that love is all a woman is fit for yeah. and but, but I'm, I'm so, so lonely, lonely. Oh, which is a, <laughs> it's a line that if you the screenplay is like, not in the the book. Yeah, she added it. She yeah. added it in the end, and I feel like that perfectly perfectly encapsulates like modern feminism right now, yeah. where everyone thinks that to kind of like a woman always needs to be independent. You have to be super super like proactive and like trying to show your independence but at the same time we all experience that yeah. loneliness and we want that love and it's not a weakness to mm-hmm. want love. It's it's That's human. A, it's human. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the same vein of what you were saying about modern feminism, mm-hmm. I, like I said earlier, I grew up literally since I was, I, I was like four the first time I watched the uh, 1994 version. Mm-hmm. And that one is so centered on the romances. Mm-hmm. So when the, I remember when the first trailer came out, I was kind of jarred because I was like, this seems so different because mm-hmm. it focuses so much on the sisters, them as yes. women and mm-hmm. the sisters. And I just love that so, mm-hmm. so much because it's so empowering. And Timothy Chalamet has an interview where he says it's so important to have, um, or I think the person that was interviewing him was like, this is so important to have your daughters watch. And he goes, well, your sons as well. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Because you, it definitely, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, and I was like, this is the movie that I'm going to make my kids watch mm-hmm. because I think the message is just so strong but it presents it in such a warm way yeah. mm-hmm. and, and to add on to your non-linearity parts you've read the book right yes one of my biggest issues with the book is how they implement Lori and professor bear towards the end mm-hmm. professor bear feels like this rushed in rushed in character Last, just to make sure joe has a yeah. significant other where in this the non-linearity professor bear is introduced in right away. Yeah. And, um... God, he's in Dreamers? Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I think that helps kind of... I mean, Little Woman is an awesome novel, but it also does kind of fix that issue of he's not dropped in anymore, he's much more age-appropriate. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it also kind of fixed this... I know you... <laughs> The reason why I love Florence Pugh's performance in this is because Amy is such an... When I first read the book, Amy was a character I fucking hated. She's this so is, annoying. This is the only, only time, time I've ever liked yeah. Amy. Yeah, because it presents Amy as this very sensible person. She knows what she wants. She understands the circumstances that she's in. She knows that marrying Lori will give her or the financial stability that she needs, but also she loves Lori at the same time, and it's just... 
that's why I find Florence Pugh's performance very I mean, it is good. I'm just and like... And also she plays 12. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, <laughs> my friend said that she didn't notice in the scene in the schoolhouse... Like, the age difference between Florence Pugh and all the little kids. And so, I'm wondering if this is just me, but I was so aware of it. <laughs> I was, too, when they released... So, they announced the sisters. It was Emma Watson, Saoirse Ronan, Okay, Emma Florence Watson Pugh. does not look like the oldest one. That's no. Oh, yeah. Wait, who looks young. like the oldest one? I think Saoirse. Saoirse, yeah. Saoirse. Really? Yeah. Oh. And also, isn't... Well, okay. Isn't, sorry, So, yeah. it's... I'll finish my point. Emma Watson, Saoirse Ronan... Florence Pugh and Eliza Scanlon. So I saw them, and I immediately thought, oh, Florence Pugh is going to be Beth, and Eliza Scanlon's going to be Amy. Because that's, yeah, like, that's their actual order of age. Like, Amy is supposed to be, like, 12. And mm-hmm. Eliza Scanlon does look very young. She, mm-hmm. like, I have I have a hard time thinking that she looks older than Amy, because she yeah. doesn't to me. She but, looks young because the sharp objects killed it for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, I mean, I guess the age between Beth and Amy doesn't really matter. Like, mm-hmm. all you need to know is Joe and Meg are the older, older ones, ones and, and Beth and Amy are the younger ones. Yeah. But I remember having, like, they, they came out with, the, like, the character posters, and it was like, Eliza Scanlon is Beth, and then Florence Pugh is Amy. And I was like, Florence Pugh does not look like a 12-year-old. Like, <laughs> yeah. at least you can pass off Eliza Scanlon, clo- like, it's closer. But I was like, I mean, whatever, it's Hollywood. But I, Florence Pugh yeah. is perfect for Amy. I did so not after have. it, I felt... I was yeah. like, okay, fine, you can have it. Yeah, even though I noticed that age thing a lot, I did not have a problem with it, because yeah. I was like... Like, when she's crying, and she's like, ah! Yeah. And I'm just like, you're 23, this is kind of yeah. a little weird. But, like, it's I totally understand why yeah. Greta Gerwig wanted Florence Pugh for Amy, because that fits so well. The, mm-hmm. ma- the, like, transition from that maturity to maturity is... Perfectly oh, done yeah. by Florence yeah, Pugh. True. We talk about that monologue. That monologue, I don't think, could be delivered by anyone else. Where she's so. like, "I just want to be good at what, like, oh, fuck. If I'm, I can't be, be, if I can't be good, then I don't want to do it at all." Or, or she's like, like that. "She like wants. She's saying that she like wants, wants to, to be, be exceptional. Yeah, yeah. yeah like a yeah. genius. Yeah, or nothing. nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and also, ugh, the scene where okay, I've seen people online say this, but the scene where." Lori undoes her apron is like the new Pride and Prejudice hand touch. <laughs> <laughs> I love Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Little Woman is just such a necessary thing. It also, really, like, really is. Can we talk about the book binding scene? Oh, oh the book binding. That yeah. was really well. The, the meta-ness of the film is, so I was here, I read something where she was talking about how she kind of wanted to create Little Woman but infuse Louisa Mary, Marie, May, May, May Alcott. Yeah. Sorry, May Alcott's story into it because Louisa May Alcott had like a horrible life, but she yeah. also like it. It's like this understanding of who she like, what situation she's in, and like putting that together with the film or mm-hmm. the film, the novel. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. and so the bookbinding scene. It's whatever interpretation that you have of it of like does Joe end up with Professor Bear or is that just like a dream or like a fairy tale dream as opposed to the stark reality and the book binding scene is like just awesome because so, it's like this woman is just yeah that's the love of her life the book mm-hmm. and it's getting made right before her eyes you know what the book binding scene reminds me of the scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where um, Sharon is She's watching, watching her yeah. watching oh, the that's movie good. That's, good. that's a good yeah. comparison that's a great yeah, yeah. 
It's just, and they're both just like, I did this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you want to say about that? Sorry, I totally Oh, you just, just like everything that she's working for is just right in front of her yeah, eyes, yeah. and it's just so satisfying mm-hmm. and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that scene. Mm-hmm. The costuming is great in this movie. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just yeah. as a side note. Like, yeah. So good. Plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. I think there's one point where I see it's, I think it's like after Beth dies, but it's, it's oh Amy, Joe, and Meg, and like, I don't know, the three of them are like walking, I think, or walking or doing something, but I noticed that Meg and, Meg and Amy have these like giant hoop skirts, mm-hmm. and then Joe is the only one with like a slimmer skirt, mm-hmm. and I think, and I think this is b- when Meg and Amy have been married, and Joe has not. Like, I just noticed that, because they're like... Hmm. Uh, maybe it doesn't have any significance, but I I, I think it does. But yeah, like, yeah. Amy, and you can clearly see that there's like a metal hoop thing under Amy and Meg's dresses because they're mm-hmm. big and poofy. And yeah. then Joe has this like brown, like like very neutral, like, and it's just a slim, like you know, like I guess mm-hmm. like maxi skirt equivalent. Mm-hmm. And she looks so small and skinny in between them, like these women who have like. I guess they've flourished in their relationships and they've achieved that, like, societal, like, oh, I'm married and, like, Meg has kids. And then mm-hmm. Joe, like, in the whole, like, oh, but I'm so lonely is, like, there and she feels, like, smaller and smaller. Like, I don't know. I thought too hard about it. No, I, I definitely think that that is oh, significant. I think that as, a, yeah. Yeah. as an intentional choice. I mean, yeah. there there's an interview where Greta Gerwig talks about, like, how intentional a lot of clothing... Yeah, she literally, like, switched clothings with um, Lori and um, Joe because it's kind of the idea of, like... You know, you can be feminine as a male as well. You can want love as well, and you can romanticize. The scene with the mailbox (laughs) where she runs out and takes the letter back out. I was like, like, Joe! Yeah. You deserve to be happy. Yeah. This, yeah, Little Woman is awesome. Greta Gerwig will now forever own my wallet because I will be buying this film. Uh, Lady Bird, like, I was so hyped. Yeah, yeah. Like, Greta Gerwig and Saoirse Ronan is like... Yeah, it's like, pair them all. Pair them all the time. I mean, she's now going to be... She's on... Slated to direct Barbie with Noah Baumbach. Yeah. And Margot Robbie. So that'll be interesting. I mean... Definitely when I heard her, she was going to direct a Little Woman, that was a direction I didn't know she was going to go, and mm-hmm. that was intriguing. I so mean, I'm still I heard about it, and I was movie. like, yes, they're making another Little Woman, <laughs> yeah. and it's by Greta Gerwig. <laughs> but yeah, Little Woman is just such a necessary film. Yeah. I, you know, everyone hates, like, reboots and stuff like that, but I feel like every generation needs, a diff- like, a yeah. Little Woman this was something that needed, needed to happen. happen. It had yeah. justification. I, yeah. I love it so much. I yeah. Everyone is so good. Yeah. yeah. Not, not even just performance-wise. Everyone's so good. So yeah. just yeah. pure. Pure, pure yeah. and wholesome. Yeah, just a warm film that I needed in yeah. 2019. She can just conjure, like, nostalgia and, like, warmth so perfectly. In it threw me off at first, the whole jumping back and forth in time, mm-hmm. but then the, the more I settled into it, I'm just like, this yeah. is perfect. It feels good with the tones colors. and the yeah. way yeah. she does it, which yeah. is the change of color. Mm-hmm. And plus, as you mentioned it already, it provides a great juxtaposition of, like, the youth in which we so desperately want to mm-hmm. shed at youth, but then once we age, we kind of want that back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a running theme in Little Woman and Lady Bird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, did we already talk about like the comedy in it? Oh, it's <laughs> fun. I'm making a mold of my, my foot, foot so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. never sprain my ankle. I have the loveliest <laughs> family. 
it, the Florence Pugh's comedic timing is so good as it's well. So good. There's the part where she, um, Joe cuts her hair and then she. Like, you should have never let me do it. And I, I like, always spoil everything. Yeah. You're one beauty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. when she yeah. cuts her hair, I thought yeah. it was when she was doing Meg's hair. All of it. All and of it. She, yeah. But the cutting to I think I think the scene where she's making the mold of her foot is cut so. to right after she gets mad at one. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It and is. And I it's, thought that was just so, like props mm-hmm. editing. That yeah, was so that good. Was good. Yeah. yeah. And That's like, the juxtaposition. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't. You're not an immigrant. <laughs> and was it? <laughs> was it? Was it cut after the scene where she's saying like, "I don't want to want to be second to." Was that? Yes. Yeah. So that's exactly. just showing how much yeah. she loved exactly. him. Yeah. Snaps for Greta Gerwig and Little Woman. Oh we all love this film. It's on everyone's like, list. Fuck the Academy. Yeah, fuck yeah, the Academy. Greta Gerwig was wrong. No. Yeah, Greta Gerwig was not. Just like wrong. I can't believe I'm getting a carriage ready for Joe Joe March to meet a man or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, she's gonna be consistently dropping fives. Like, yeah. It'll come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is Barbie going to be a five? Yes. <laughs> no doubt. Noah Baumbach and her writing that screenplay. And it's more what is it going to be about? about? Barbie? But Barbie, Barbie doing what? As a pretentious art school student. <laughs> in New York. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, man. So much love. A Little uh, Woman was such a great so way to end. Like, yeah. yeah. There are so films that are really, really good. Mm-hmm. But that does not always overlap with films that you really, really love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, this is this landmark. Is, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But and I can't wait to want to see this film. Dare I say generational. Yeah. 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 Last I'm, night... Oh, oh, sorry. No, it's all good. I had a stupid little anecdote. No, please don't. <laughs> yeah. well, I went to see The Turning last night, and it was um, terrible. Did you give it a, the half star? Yeah, <laughs> I gave it a half star. Um, but I was so genuinely disappointed with it that I was like, I feel like I need to cleanse my palate. Is there a screening of Little Women that we can go to? <sighs> so, yeah. Did you go? No. It oh. was Sadly, it was like... It was like 9.30 when we got out of the turning, so it was all really late. Is it, or is that too late? It's too late. Um, But yeah, Little Woman is Stephanie's number one, and... My number four. My number five, I think? My number three. As soon as they announced it, I was like, this film's gonna be my number one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's pandering to me. Number two, but it could be number one tomorrow. Yeah, same. We'll yeah, Parasite and Little Women yeah. are my number one and two, two and one. But I, I could also switch those. My top I three. Be super like mad. Those are those are my two top picks for if they give best picture to yeah. those. But yeah. they would never in hell give it to Little Women yeah. because. No. They're just like, as a courtesy, we'll nominate Little Women, but you're not actually... I guess we'll do it. Fine. The Academy said, um, women? We don't know them. Yeah. (laughs) Like, have you seen the meme that's like, for a dollar, name a woman, and the Academy's like, I can't do it! (laughs) (laughs) Name a woman! (laughs) I can't. Uh, Well, okay, are we yeah. going to recap our five stories? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Little Women is beautiful, and I love it. And yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a great uh, way to end the 2019 year. With it really the, was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A bit of warmth. So my five through one was Uncut Gems, Little Women, Honey Boy, Parasite, and A Hidden Life. My number five uh, through one is Little Women, once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, Rocket Man, and then Honey Boy. 
my five to one is 1917 Her Smell, which everyone should watch, Little Women, Parasite, and The Farewell. My five to one was Marriage Story, Midsummer, Uncut Gems, Little Women, and Parasite. And then my number five to one is Knives Out, The Farewell, Marriage Story, Parasite, and Little Women. And Ryan, who had to leave us early, um, his five to one are Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Uncut Gems, 1917, Parasite, and Midsummer. Great year in film, guys. It yeah. was a really good year. <laughs> yeah. Um, just thinking back on like talking about it has made me realize how much it was yeah. just an awesome yeah, phenomenal. Go yeah. and watch these all. Again. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, in prepping for this like, pod oh. and writing my thing, I've just every time I write like a blurb or say something, I'm like, I need to go back. Yeah, it. yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I feel blessed that this was like the first year that I was really like in the know about what was coming yeah. out mm-hmm. and like it what feels was great to be yeah. there. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was writing my top ten list, I was thinking about Little Women, and it was initially a little bit lower. Initially, it was my number eight, and the more I wrote yeah. about it and the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, this it's, needs to yeah. be higher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This needs to be higher. It's uh-huh. so essential, and it's so important. Yeah. Even oh, so good, here. we had different top number ones, though. Yeah. 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 Worked out. That was, yeah, I'm that glad was that we didn't all have Parasite <laughs> yeah. Little Women. Yeah. But we all agree that Parasite is, is phenomenal. phenomenal. I think Parasite probably has the highest average rating if you took the numbers from yeah. all of them. Yeah. It is the highest, it's the highest average on rating Letterboxd. on Letterboxd. Like, the highest Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I just got bias, but yeah. Yeah. we just gotta talk about um, Bong Joon-ho's accepted speech when he was like, if you can get over the one-inch one barrier. Seriously, yeah. Yeah. Seriously though. Like, yeah, like, I we mean, make English versions of a lot of foreign films just because of the yeah, people, people are lazy. Rather no. watch a shitty dub with shitty voice acting. Yeah. yeah. Genuinely, like, yeah. generational performances. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a yeah. closed captions on kind of girl anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Subtitles yeah. for the win. I watch subtitles all the yeah. movies yeah. with subtitles all the time. I mean, yeah. like, even English ones. I'm like, I can't hear. Just put them on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, great ear Eating though. chips. You're like, oh, oh I can't, I can't yeah. hear. <laughs> <laughs> like, even with, like, the gentleman screening, I could, I didn't hear, I like, some of the, like, because it was, like, heavily accented sometimes. <laughs> I didn't even hear some of the stuff that was going figured. on in that movie. Well, we'll talk about it later. That would <laughs> be a good um, shitty film podcast. Hopefully that 2020... Turns out to be a 2019 yeah, or hopefully even 20, better. Hopefully 2020 is half as good as 2019. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm mean, coming I'm out. Ho- I'm optimistic. Dune's coming out Dune, this year, Dune, I'm right? so Zola! Zola! Yes. <laughs> I want Zola. Dune, okay, I've been I'm reading so... the books to Dune. I'm on the last book in that series, so I'm so popular. Dune's yeah. going to take over the fucking world. Yeah. Like, he is ready to Zee, stomp on us. Like, so good. I don't think we're ready. Like, yeah. 2049, yeah. he was warming up. Yeah. yeah. 2020, hopefully you're just as good as 2019. Yeah. 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 Uh, this has been a very long recording session. <laughs> we started from 1 and it's now 5.30. <laughs> we have a as lot a, to say. Yeah, we only filled out. Yeah. Would do this. The sun is now down. Yeah. <laughs> it is nighttime. <laughs> Uh, I need to go home and do some stuff. I have a concert to go to tonight. Ooh, yeah. Concert. Uh, Poppy. Oh. Oh. Shit. And the Neptune. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 I'm, I'm fucking ready. I painted my nails. <laughs> yes. I'm so pumped for that. But, um, yeah. Thank you guys all for joining me. God, it and, was a uh, pleasure. This was so yeah. glad to, yeah. to yeah. be awesome. able to so do it this year. Yeah. yeah. Let's just make this like a weekly thing. Yeah. 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 Does anyone top 10 yeah, change? Just years, you know? <laughs> yeah.
Oh, All right, that actually would not be bad. Let's actually, go. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, we already did 2018. We already did. But 2017. I mean, my 2018 list has changed since then. My 2018 list so, yeah. has changed. I mean, by the time when you were recording, like, I had wanted to do a top 10 list and record the podcast for 2018, but by the time you guys were doing it, I had only seen, like, 11 2018 oh, films. yeah. And then now, what's this year? I mean, I've seen a lot more. Like, I've seen Roma, and I've seen... No, what have you... How many, oh. how many films have you yeah. seen? I think it's like... Well, I'm coming on 40. Should we coming go around 40. and say how no. many? No. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't have, like, a, um, like a 2019 ranked list. I just uh, have my top, my top 10, 10 list. Yeah. So I have, no, I have no idea. I I've, think it's in, like, the 60 or 70 range. Yeah, I've I think seen, I like, 40, 40 this year, yeah. which is way better than last year, because yeah, now I can have, like, a decent opinion. More. Yeah. This year, yeah. yeah. This year. I mean, it's it's definitely dump month right now, so... <laughs> I mean, take advantage yeah. of now. I'm yeah. trying to catch up on my Oscar movies, like I'm going to see. Yeah. I mean, is The Two Popes really worth watching? It's okay. It's fine. It's got two Oscar acting noms, so I, I feel like I should... drink Fanta, and it's Eat fun pizza. to say Pope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun. There's a bunch of Netflix documentaries that I wanted to see that, that were nominated, like... Oh, I still need to finish oh, Honey. Honey yeah. 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 Isn't Hulu. it nominated against that. For Sama, though? Uh, oh, I need to watch that, Probably. Too. And the, but it got international. Um, it got North nomination Macedonia. for international. Yeah. I, I was so hyped. Oh. I lo- I really like that film. That was at SIF, right? I didn't get a mm-hmm. chance to check that out. I got out. a screener of it, and... Oh, well, we're going on. I can talk about, off mic about this. We should probably end this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening to our... Uh, epic odyssey <laughs> of a, of a yeah. podcast episode two podcast episodes rather um yeah if you're already listening you already know this but you can catch us on soundcloud spotify apple podcasts and google play and you can find our facebook for more info at UW, UW film club and our instagram and twitter at film club UW. once again thank you guys all for joining me yeah, this was great my pleasure and yeah. um yeah we will catch you guys next week bye-bye